And why'd he make you so special? Why did he bless you? Think about it. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning. Gotta smile when I say that shit. Good morning. Go. Cool, we're live with Live Cooper. That's funny. How you doing, buddy? Good, dog. It's good. It's good to have you on. Yeah, I've never done a podcast before. So. First time for everything, right? Yeah, it's, First time for it's like 31 for you. Yeah, 34. 34. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's, it's been fun so far. So, uh, what made you like want to just start podcasting? Ooh, uh... I don't know, like, a lot of things, a lot of things, but just, just, I guess my curiosity for other people and my interest in other people. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. See, I was thinking it'd be like Joe Rogan, because you watch Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, he was, he was a big influence as well, but he's not like the, the main reason. I just thought there were like a lot of, uh, it was just exploring the mind of other people, kind of. Yeah. That's cool, that's a good way to like learn too. You know, totally. Learn a lot of things. I feel like everybody's got like a little story to tell, you know, like a, everybody's got something interesting about them. And everybody, everybody's got a story, for sure. But they've been through, you know, everybody is always going through something. Everybody has good days, everybody has bad days. Absolutely, man. So, you, if, if I don't want to butcher this, but you have trained at the best jiu-jitsu gym in the world. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. It because, like, whenever I started to get into BJJ, like, I, I was watching some YouTube videos, like, tutorials and stuff like that, like, compilation videos, right. and that notorious painting in the background, it looks, uh, is there a name for that painting? You know what, I, I don't think so. If you look at it closely, it kind of looks like an A, alright? The, the first one looks like an A, and then the second one looks like an O, so the painting says Art Of, and then the mat is Jiu Jitsu. So it's like, because that's what the school is called, right? It's called the art, art of Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah, so I think like the painting is like saying art of, and then the mat itself is saying Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, no way. Yeah, so that's like, I think, I'm pretty sure. I was talking to other people there, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I'm not really sure of the painting. And like, they told me, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess with any art, it's kind of left up to like interpretation. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like symbolic, you know, okay. in a way. But yeah, dude, that school is sick. Really? Yeah, super. Yeah, I'm sure you learned a lot. I learned a lot. It changed changed my game completely. Uh, you know, especially coming back here now, like I've spread the techniques to my teammates as well, or like trying to, you know, okay. trying to help evolve everybody. Because the, the school was located in Southern California? Yeah, SoCal um, and Newport Beach. Newport Beach, okay. Yeah. Is that like a suburb off of, you, uh, of LA or? It's it's about forty five minutes from uh, L A. Like downtown. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Orange County area, close to Huntington Beach, close to Mesa. You know, I hear Orange County all the time, yeah. but I, I, I don't know. Like I've only been to L A once. Yeah, but before I moved there too, I heard I heard O C Orange County. I heard it all the time. Like, but yeah, it's. It's a sick place for sure. Did you did you always want to live out in Cali or did yeah. you really? Yeah. From like a young age? Yeah, I don't even remember but uh yeah, I was super young. Ever since I've been super young I've always wanted to live in California. Um, I feel like even when like we would hang out here, like I feel like I would tell you guys, even like you and Kyle, like I don't know, Jordan. But you have the West Coast like personality. You always have honestly. Yes, so and it's always been a dream of mine and like it eventually just kind of manifested and I ended up out there you know through a lot of events uh, 
but but yeah, it, definitely. I've always wanted to it's cool that like your your dream of jujitsu and like your yeah. this this lifestyle you've taken up led you to a new lifestyle in California. That's that's, that's what I was thinking too because. Like, even before I did jiu-jitsu, I've always wanted to live in California. Ever since I was younger, I would always tell my mom, like, you know, I want to live in California. It's just, it seems like this is where I need to be, you know? And then, and I started taking up jiu-jitsu. At 15 years old? Yeah, at 15. Okay. And then, it's funny how they kind of just merged. That's crazy. Yeah, so, like, I ended up in California training at Art of Jiu-Jitsu. You know, under uh, Guy and Rafa Mendez, which, you know, they're combined 10-time black belt world champions. So, yeah, and even uh, that school, you know, when I started jiu-jitsu, like, I was doing the same thing, looking up instructionals, you know, looking up techniques. And I would always come across uh, their videos, you know, and I was like, man, I really want to train out there. Like, I love their style of jiu-jitsu, like... I would always watch their videos, go to Gracie Baja, like rep, rep those techniques, and then, man, it like, it just came together, and I found myself out there training. Okay, okay. Yeah. Wow, good for you, man, good for you. Yeah, pretty crazy. I would say it's like the law of attraction in action, you know, I definitely believe in that. Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like, I'm gonna train jiu-jitsu so I can live in Cali, it was just like, I'm gonna train jiu-jitsu and then this led to you. That's crazy. That's, That's yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Like I was saying, ever since I was younger, it's just I've always wanted to live there. And, and so, what are, you, what are your thoughts on law of attraction? I, I totally believe in it. I, I think it's kind of ignorant to say it doesn't exist. It's completely real. Yeah, you know, like when I go to bed at night and I look at my life, you know, and I look at how all these events came together. It's like, yeah, the law of attraction has definitely played a huge part in that. And yeah, I, mean, I believe in it for sure. Totally. But whether you believe in it or not. It's it's happening, you know. Absolutely, like, absolutely. It's, it's, it's happening. So it's a law of the universe. So. Yeah, whatever you think about, you know, eventually comes to you. You know, you just gotta take the action. I think a lot of people don't take the action. Totally. Like these opportunities may get presented to them, but they don't take the necessary steps to actually uh, make it manifest. You know. That's one of my goals for, um, there may be uh, more of a philosophy to live by, like carrying forward into the future is to, to talk less and do more. Right. Because yeah, anybody can talk and I'm, just, I'm so tired of, uh, I actually, that kind of, that, that thought kind of came because somebody I met down at school, they just talk, 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 and then no action was ever taken, so I'm like, I want to do the exact opposite of that. Yeah, that's the thing, man. There's a lot of talkers I hear all the time. A lot of people talk, 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 and fast forward a year, and they're still talking. Totally. But no action has been taken. So they will continue to talk, and stay in the same place and that's what that's one thing i've always respected about you because even like like growing up with you like you were always the best skateboarder at least uh like within our middle school you were notoriously good at skateboarding pose yeah and your uh your work your work ethic always like like bled through i always saw you as uh the leader of like because you, you always had a good clique of friends and i always saw you as like the leader of that and you you always took action like you always just knew how to yeah i don't i mean for whatever reason, I don't know. Uh, I just have always known like you, you gotta take action. You, know, you just gotta do the damn thing, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. You just gotta do it. But I think most of the time is like I just get so obsessed with things that it's not even necessarily my work ethic. I'm just obsessed. I just right. have to do it. I have to do it. I have to do it. 
So it's a blessing and a curse. More of a not that it's more of a blessing, but I know what you mean. I'm the same way. Yeah. Once you get a new hobby or something, it's just like that's all you're thinking about. Yeah. There's certain people who are like that, you know, you and me, and then there's also people who, I guess, they don't really get that. I don't know. Like some people. I guess they don't get obsessed, you know. I guess it's just an extremely strong desire that just consumes your being. Yeah. But in a, in a positive way. Yeah, for sure. And all the struggle that comes with it, there's somehow, like, pleasure in that. It's a, it's a weird... Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's bizarre. It's the ups and downs, you know, the challenges. You know, when you're in that journey, you're like, man, I want to get to the final destination. You know, I want to reach my goal already. But you gotta go through the journey, you know. You gotta have those trials and tribulations, and love the process. Fall yeah. in love with the process. That's you know, the journey is the reward. It's hard to see it, you know, when you're in it, but you just gotta keep trucking, you know. I agree. Yeah, you just gotta keep going. So back on the topic of jujitsu, whenever you were training at the Art of Jujitsu in Southern California, where uh, or how how frequently were you training? Yeah, I was training. I would wake up at about. 7 a.m., go to the gym uh, an hour before class. So I'd show up, we would do an hour of drilling. So, like, just repping uh, the techniques that we want to work on. Okay. Getting those in our muscle memory. Really? Really? your choice. Yeah. Yeah. So, we would show up an hour before class and then we'd drill. And then after that, we would do the actual class, which is where everybody would come. You know, we'd bow in and do the class, which is an hour and a half. So, so how, how big was the typical class? And. Huge, probably like mm, 30, 40 people. Wow, wow. Then, you know. Yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, I was training three to four times a day. Yeah, just, yeah. Three to four times a day. Yeah, so, like, I would show up an hour before class, right? We'd drill. Then I would do the actual class, right? Which would be an hour and a half. Go home, rest, and then go back at night, do another hour and a half, and then. Maybe somewhere in there, do like a workout, you know, maybe go run or do whatever. Okay, okay. Yeah. Wow, so you're literally almost working out all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing it every day. Every day. That's crazy. Yeah. The weekends, we, we take off, you know, because we have to rest, you know. Right, right. Got to rest eventually, but, uh, yeah. So what would you do in your resting time? Just chill. Really? Just chill, yeah. I'd, I had a job, right, I would, I would work as well. Postmates, do you know what that is? No, I'm not familiar with it. It's just like, I had an app on my phone, I would just hop on there. It's just like Uber Eats. Do you know what Uber Eats is? No, I'm not familiar with that either. So, well, Uber is like, you just pick people up, take them where they want to go. Right. Uber Eats is like, you pick the food up, take it to the person. So you're like a delivery driver almost. Yeah, so that's what Postmates is, is I would pick up the food, take it to them, you know. Just on that, on that freaking hustle, man. That's See, I like that. Because you, yeah. you can listen to podcasts or listen to your... That's exactly what I do. No yeah, Podcasts, just knowledge, you know. Just get in your own head. Yeah, just... Yeah. That, that's relaxing. I like that. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it, actually, yeah. But it's just one of those things I wish I didn't have to do, but... Right, right. Yeah, it would be ideal to just be able to just train. And then on your weekends, maybe go explore L.A. or... Yeah. I did do that, you know, saw Los Angeles. Did you fall in love with the city? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whenever I was visiting California, it was, uh, I, I went to San Diego, LA, and San Francisco, and granted, 
in LA's defense, that was where I spent the least amount of time because I actually went when I was there. I went to go visit my friend's mother because his. Uh, uh, my friend actually passed away to suicide like a few months before that, so I went to go see his his mother and like kind of visit with her. So I didn't get to explore LA as much as I would have liked to. But uh, that was actually my least favorite city out of the three. LA. Yeah, I would say it was San Francisco, then San Diego, then LA. Just personal preference. Yeah, I've never been to San Francisco, but um, San Diego's sick. LA is is very crowded for sure. True. True. It's pretty crazy. It's got uh, a cool nightlife, but I mean, it's it's always popping in LA. There's a lot of homeless people. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of downsides to it for sure. Right. But uh, I loved it though. I just I can't wait to get back. It seems like most people that go over there just absolutely love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful state. Just, the vibe is really what it is. That's what I noticed when I was in Cali, dude. It's, there's something different. Like, just the... the, the I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's totally the vibe. People are making moves out there. You know, bottom line, people move out there with a vision, you know, and they're just working towards their dreams, basically. And I think you can, like, feel it, you know. You can feel the possibilities. Really? Yeah, that's what I thought, at least. Just, like, the vibes, you know. You can... Feels so amazing. That's right. That's why. Because I, I had another friend who went out there, and he he went out there strictly for like work purposes. But he said the same thing. He's like, man, it's all hustle. It's all grind. Like everybody's grinding. Yep, everybody's grinding. You got nothing but respect for that. Too. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Missouri's Missouri's great, but it kind of feels like nobody's moving. Like, everybody's content being here. Like it, yeah. I agree with that. They're like at a, a standstill, which you know it. I guess it's it's not, I mean, who am I to say, like, oh, you should be doing this, you know, like, if they want to do that, that's cool, but for me, like, I got visions, I got dreams. Well, LA, it sounds like aligns with your goals and your dreams a lot more than the yeah. people in Missouri would, because I would agree with that, everybody's, everybody's complacent, and I agree, you can't tell anybody else how to live their life, right. it's, but uh, it's, yeah, it's just personal preference kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe they can't get out of their own way, I don't know. And not to ask, acquiesce, but I totally agree with you, like, 100%. Because, I mean, it, maybe it's just a personality type thing, I don't know, but... I don't know, man. That's... It's up to them, right? Right. Maybe maybe they need to get inspired. I don't know. I don't care what to do with their lives, but... All I know is I prefer, prefer the vibe in California. Right, right. But I'm working to get back there soon, you know? Now there's nothing but the best for you. That'd be that's yeah. sick. Yeah, man. Hopefully, make that a permanent move. So I'm assuming you're still training here yeah. in St. Louis? Okay. Yep, training at uh, Gracie Baja, O'Fallon. Good deal. Yep. My buddy, uh, Coach Steve, I don't know if you saw him when you walked in there. Uh, I only remember Dominic's name. Dominic, yeah. Well, uh, there's a guy named Steve. I guess he's not coach anymore. He's a professor. He just got his black belt. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so, so whenever you get your black belt, you're not a coach, you become... Yeah, professor. Okay, okay. Right now, I'm I'm a coach. Well, you're for Steve, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so... You said you're a coach. I'm a coach right now because I'm purple belt, and then once I get my brown, I'll still be a coach, and then black, I'll be a professor. They'll call you, you know, a professor because... Okay. Yeah. So what's what's between a blue belt? Because it goes white, blue, and then what's between a blue and a purple? Uh... You know, at some schools, I think they'll do, like, a green belt in between there, but uh, most schools don't have anything. Most, it's just white, blue, purple, brown, black. 
Okay, I think that's I think that's how it went for the one I was at as well. But yeah, probably. Positive. Yeah, probably. That's that's like the main belt system. Is that okay? But it's a, it's a long journey, you know, for sure. So I was, I was curious your um, your thoughts on like discipline and what that means to you because if there's anything I noticed about uh, I only I only have a few sports that I've tried in my lifetime to compare it to, but I think what's cool about any martial art really is it's an individual based sport like. You can't really push the blame on anybody else, or you can't. You just kind of have to accept full responsibility. So it was like a new outlook that I had to adapt to versus uh, with like soccer. It's all on you. Absolutely, it's all on your own shoulders. And I like that, but there, there's a whole new aspect of like discipline involved there. Yeah, see, yeah, that's true. You know, maybe I realized that when I first started it, but like at this point, it's just like I don't know, like. I don't feel that, you know, right. just because that's, I've been doing it, but like, I think coming from like uh, baseball and then going into that sport, I probably felt it a little bit at first, like, oh, this is a complete individual sport, everything is on me, like, I don't, I don't have anyone to blame, you know, like, this is all on me, I gotta be disciplined, I gotta show up, you know, nobody's gonna be like, hey, you know, get to practice, right. it's all on you, so. Was that, was that harder for you at first, and then you... Or was that something that kind of fit your personality type more? Mm, I think I preferred it. Okay. Yeah, I think I preferred it. Just because in some sports it'd be like, I'm out here hustling and these dudes are over there just like picking their ass. You know what I mean? Like, dude. So that's, that's, that's the thing about uh, jiu-jitsu is like, yeah, I don't have to depend on anybody. You can hold yourself accountable yeah. and get you, you get in what you put out. Exactly. I totally agree with you there because playing on a team sport and like you're playing, it's not even fun if you're playing with low level competition yeah. or low level teammates. Like you, you kind of you're kind of dependent on your, your whoever you're playing with to match your caliber. If you're, if you're a higher level or if you're lower level, you gotta match their caliber kind of deal. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. If you're out there hustling, putting in mad work, and and everybody else is just kind of. And I don't feel like it today. It's like oh, it's got to balance itself out. Right. Eventually. So was was the vibe that um, the Jimmy trained at? Was that like extreme hustle? Like yeah, total discipline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, not necessarily discipline. I guess you could say discipline. Yeah, you know, like. But yeah, I mean, it, our jiu-jitsu is uh, probably one of the most competitive schools in the world, if not the most competitive. I would say. It was it was it was hard out there. It was really hard training, which is good. It's just what I wanted, you know. Um, really, really tough stuff. I was every morning. It's like, fuck, you know. Like, yeah. Here we go again. I got all these killers after me, you know. Like just, waking up sore. Killers going at it every day, every day, you know. But I loved it, you know. It was like a love hate, you know. Right, right. It's just like fuck. I gotta go do this again. It's kind of weird how you can how you can love something and hate it at the same time like that, or kind of dread doing it at first, but then usually once you actually get in the gym and actually start doing it, like, uh, especially after, you're like, I'm glad I glad I showed up. Totally, totally. Glad, glad I put in the work. Today. And a good jujitsu role, like there's there's a, it's a good feeling. Man. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah, that's for sure. So like whenever like, yeah, they so you, uh, what do you think about it? Dude, you know, like, just, I, I, I fell in love with that. I'm not able to do it over break. I would, I could, but. I, um, Monetarily, it wasn't the right decision for me. Yeah, and it's not like crazy expensive, and I, I could afford it, but it, I'd be pushing. I already have enough going on under this break, so yeah, that makes but, sense. But uh, 
Yeah, dude, I, I absolutely love it. It's it's a really cool sport that I definitely plan to keep pursuing. It goes deep, huh? Yeah. There's a lot to it. Holy, you, you hit that month point. Somebody actually uh, referenced this in training one day, and they're like, you're going to go in, you're going to be all confused, but just stick with it, stick with it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm paying money, I'm sticking with it. Yeah. <laughs> My cheap ass, no. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, oh, I'm sticking with it, it's fine. Like, I've, I've heard enough about it, talked. That I I'm that's not a problem. I'm sticking with it, and so I stayed in about a month, and something just clicked one day. I don't know what it was. It was at practice. I was fucking hooked from then on. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, this stuff is so fun. Cause you you start to understand all the positions and like. Like, like then you realize uh, once you once you get somebody to side control, mm-hmm. you got endless, uh, not yeah. endless, but uh, uh, so many ways to go. And then if, if they do this, then you react this way. Sure. It's just uh, it kind of reminds me of like a computer programmer, like yeah. like if then statements. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, no, uh, for sure. It, it, yeah, I, I like it a lot. It's like uh, action reaction. It's like that's how it gets when you get to a super high level. Is like everybody knows what you're trying to do, so like. Okay, so I go to side control, he's gonna do a hip escape, okay, I need to do a top spin to take his back, like, and then he's gonna protect his neck, and then I need to, you know, you gotta, it's a chain, 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 you know? So that's when, it, that's when you get to a really high level, is when you're, like, subconsciously, always a step ahead. You know, so, like, if I'm, I don't know how many positions or, like, passes, you know, do you know, like, a knee slide, you ever heard of that? Uh, I've, I've seen it be done, but I don't think I've ever performed it myself. Yeah, so like if I go in for like a knee slide, like I'm trying to pass this guard, I know he's probably going to try to get an underhook. I know he's going to do it, so I already have a reaction. I know he's going to do it, boom, I hit this reaction, and I know what he's about to do, and I hit that. And then it's whoever falls behind, right? Okay. And then I'm ahead, and then... Start working the That's interesting because you're like you're anticipating his attacks at the same time you're launching an attack. Right, but it's also weird because it's not on a conscious level. That's what a lot of people think. They think that like I'm thinking. They think like oh he's gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. They're all, when I like all when I submit someone they they always say, man you're setting me up. That was a trap. I knew you were setting me up as a trap, but it's like kinda like I didn't actually set out to put you in a trap. Right. It's just I've been doing it for so long that on a subconscious level, I just, I do it for somehow. It's very weird. It's kind of like an ebb and flow thing, right? Yeah. It's very okay. weird. I, I mean, at this point, you know, I'm not thinking when I'm rolling. It's just like, it just happens, you know? I've, I've heard somebody compare it on a, a podcast I listened to recently. It was like comparing it almost to... Um, not not like reading minds, but kind of like being receptive to that, like yeah. and, and I guess anticipating it. Yeah, yeah. Seeing that's yeah. Like when I go to do something, I know what he's gonna do, but I'm not thinking about it. Like I, it's just very strange. You know, like if I go for a leg drag, I know he's gonna try to throw that other leg up, so I'm gonna push the other one left. That you're totally right there, because that's the difference between like like a beginner like myself and then somebody who's more advanced. Like I'm thinking too much, and I know that I can tell whenever I roll against like say like even even a blue ball, like they're they're just doing it so effortlessly, and there's so much more like rhythm and flow to the way they're moving, and adapting to anything I'm trying to launch. I'm I'm just overthinking. I'm like I'm inside control, and I, I get there. I'm like okay. I have options. These are these are what's in my arsenal personally, like with what I know right now. Sure. 
And so I'll, I'll try to like plan the attack, but before I plan it, I'm thinking way too much. Yeah. So that's something like, like with more experience, I'll, I'll obviously be able to like plan those attacks immediately or know when to and become more receptive to that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely like that's how it was at first when I started, you know, like I was just thinking, thinking, thinking so much. I'll tell you what, man, I was, I used to get smashed, just absolutely smashed. Cause, I mean, I was 15 years old, and I was pretty small. I was a pretty small kid. I mean, I'm still not, like, huge, but I... I'm How much do you weigh right now, if you don't mind me asking? A 150. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah like... But uh, it's not a problem when I go with people 200 pounds. Like, it's, it's pretty easy. So true. That's the one thing I noticed, because I'm 200 pounds personally, and I rolled with... This is my favorite example whenever anybody asks me about, like, jiu-jitsu. Uh, so this was in the same role, or like it was a back-to-back -back type role. So I rolled with somebody who was 140, and they supported. They uh, they uh, put me in a triangle, I believe it was. So they submitted me within like a few minutes. The next roll, I went up against somebody who was like 240. So no, this guy went up to 250, 260. But anyway, and I submitted him a few times as well. So like, and he had no jujitsu experience, and I had a, a small amount at that point. So, so it's, it's all experience and technique. It's not like weight doesn't fucking no, matter. It really doesn't. It it's strange, but it doesn't. Not like, at all. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of people say. You know, when I roll with them, they're like, man, like you're smaller, but I just don't get it. You know, how is it that you're able to do these things? And they get like discouraged. I'm like, man, you know, I've been doing it longer for one. You know, I probably train more. You know, and it's just it's just technique. Right, right. Just, just like I was saying, like I know what your reaction is. You know, I I know what to do when you do do that. You know, like I just, you know, yeah. And people will get discouraged. You know, I'm just like you just can't. You know, you can't get discouraged. Uh, you just gotta keep showing up, man. That's probably what your mentality was the best. You you uh, you kind of took that temporary defeat better than most people, and you guys it was it was only temporary. Yeah, I'll tell you what though, I got very close many times to quitting, just super close to quitting, just like, you know, most of the people I was training with were, were bigger than me, so like when you're a white belt and you're just starting out, when you do roll with someone that is bigger than you, if you don't have very much experience, size will matter. Absolutely. At a, at a certain point, size will matter, you know, especially if you're, like I was like 128 pounds rolling with like... 200 pound grown men, you know, like every fucking class, like you're gonna get smashed, which I did a lot. I got smashed a lot, a lot, a lot. And many times I was like, dude, fuck this, like I'm done, you know, like I just keep getting smashed. This is, and you know, I credit to uh, a couple people who told me, you know, just keep showing up, keep showing up, man, just keep going, right? Right, and I'm super grateful that I did. It changed you as a person, I'm sure. Yeah. How would you say jujitsu has impacted your personality? Probably work ethic, you know. Um, work ethic, yes. Discipline. You know, these are all typical things that like, people say about martial arts, but uh, there's some truth to it. You know, I don't, I don't know who I would be right now if I didn't do jujitsu. I don't know where I would be. I don't know what I would have done in my life, but... Uh, it's definitely made me a better person. No regrets. No yeah, regrets. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't, I don't know how much it has changed me because I can't like compare to the person I was before because like I can't remember. But 
it's made my mind harder, I think. Just like... Yeah, yeah I would say the, the, the mental toughness. Yeah, I would say... Because honestly, dude, like, um... I might, I might try to get back in there, at least for like a week. This over this break. I brought my gi back just in case. But, um... What kind of gi you got? I have a blue Sonable. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have Sonable gloves as well. Sonable? That's a good brand. Which, which uh, speaking of that, have you have you done any other martial arts, or are you just strictly jujitsu? No, uh, Muay Thai. Ooh. Yeah. How how uh, long have you been doing Muay Thai? So when I first started doing martial arts, I was actually uh, so Gracie Ba uh, first offered jujitsu and Muay Thai. Okay. So like I signed up, and at first I was like, yeah, jujitsu. I was watching it, like, eh, you know. I'm gonna stick with this, you know, because I wanted to learn how to fight, right? So right, right. I was like, jujitsu. That's not. I want to learn how to freaking bang, man. You know. So I did Muay Thai, pretty much um, only Muay Thai for like a year and a half. No, no way. Yeah, and I was doing like one jujitsu class a week, but um, total, I uh, probably man, probably four or five years, like. Of Muay Thai. Yeah. So you're, you're predominantly Muay Thai then. I'd say I'm predominantly jiu-jitsu at this point. Okay. So, like, it's very weird. So, like, I went, so I would do Muay Thai. I would get obsessed with Muay Thai. And then I started doing jiu-jitsu. So, I was doing Muay Thai two times a week. And then jiu-jitsu two times a week. And um, doing that for, I want to say, about two years. And then I got my blue belt. And I signed up for my first competition. And I lost my very first match. And then I won my second match. And then after that, I was I was hooked on jujitsu. I was like, okay, I gotta. I was hooked on like competing. Like I was like, all right, I want to be a world champion. Like, cause at this point, I gotta figure out what I want to do with my life. So I was like, fuck it. And what age is this? Mm, probably let's see, seventeen, sixteen and a half, maybe about. Probably seventeen, I think. Okay. Cause that's about two years in. Yeah, around there, and. Um, yeah, so I dove deep into jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai kind of fell to the side. I was training jiu-jitsu. Why do you think that is? I just got obsessed with jiu-jitsu. It's <laughs> that obsessive personality. I'm balls deep in jiu-jitsu right now, competing. I gotta, I gotta win, I gotta win, I gotta win. Jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu. And um, just fell in love with jiu-jitsu, training a little bit of Muay Thai. And then at one point, um, me and my friend Manny, we again we got obsessed with uh, MMA, Muay Thai, just putting it all together. Okay. And because uh, so whenever you learn like the individual traits, I've, I've learned a person I think like eleven Muay Thai practices or something like that. Right. Uh, and so whenever whenever you learn Muay Thai and learn Jiu Jitsu, is is part of learning how to incorporate them both together? Yes. Yeah, so like you know, at first you learn Jiu Jitsu, and then you learn Muay Thai. And then, yeah, we just started putting them together, which is MMA, mixed martial arts. So, like, yeah, we just started to put them together. Uh, we have a, a class at the school right now, MMA class, you know. Uh, so that's basically what Did we you do. run? No, uh, my friend Manny, he's running it right now. Okay. He just had his MMA fight uh, not too long ago, and he pieced the dude up. It was good. Oh, good for him. Got the win. And, um, but yeah, so, like... MMA is just putting those martial arts together. You know, you start on the feet, striking, boom, get to the ground. Now we're doing jiu-jitsu, wrestling. Now we're, you know, that's that's what the UFC is. You know, it's just throw these guys in the cage and let them do everything, which is mixed martial arts. So you take Muay Thai, which is a, a standing up martial art. 
and then you mix it with jiu-jitsu or wrestling or judo, you know. So, so anybody who's not familiar with Muay Thai, it's uh, my, my basic understanding of it is that it's like the... Isn't it referred to as like the martial arts of eight or something yeah, like that? The, the art of eight limbs. Art of eight limbs. Yeah, because you got right two, right two fists, two elbows, uh, two kicks, and then two knees. So it's okay. eight limbs. So it's it's primarily you know, it's only striking. There's okay. there's no grappling. There's a little bit of uh, what's called the uh, plum. I don't know if you learned a little bit. I don't think so. so that's like you know when you get the. Uh, head control, and then you start throwing knees. You can start whipping people around. So like you, you get your hands on the back of their yeah. neck, kind of. Okay. That's called a plum. Plum. Okay. That right there, when you grab behind the head, because you start throwing knees, and you start whipping people around. You know, mixing with takedowns. But, but yeah, me and my friend Manny, like we got. This is when Conor McGregor was coming up on the scene. He had just like uh, won his first fight in UFC, and he inspired me a lot. He inspired my friend Manny as well. So. Boom, did we, we dove deep into MMA. So then we did that a lot, a lot, a lot. I was actually going to take an MMA fight. And then I talked with my instructor and my parents because, like, shit was getting pretty serious. I was talking about how I want to take a fight. And uh, he told me that I should focus on jiu-jitsu, build my name in jiu-jitsu, and then transition to MMA so I could take the least head damage possible. Smart. Yeah. Smart. So right now, again though, I don't know if I'm gonna take a fight anytime soon. I'm I'm still super obsessed with jujitsu and competing in jujitsu. Safer too, like that the, the damage in your body is not even comparable between MMA and jujitsu. Yeah. So yeah, to sum it up, man, I've been doing I've got a lot of Muay Thai in my belt, probably four plus years, and in jujitsu six plus. I was I, I was completely unaware that you trained so much in Muay Thai. Yeah. I thought you were just you were strictly uh, jujitsu, and I thought. That, yeah, 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 that's what most people think, but no. Yeah. Wow, a lot of striking. Yeah. You are a lethal weapon, right? Yeah, honestly, honestly. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. I I think it's super important that you, you uh, do striking as well. Yeah. So would you recommend martial arts to everybody? Maybe not everybody, but maybe the vast majority of the population. Do you think they could reap some benefits from trying martial arts? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially younger, younger kids and people who have like low, low self-esteem, low self-confidence. You know, I would say when I signed up, that's who I was. You know, it's kind of, especially coming off that that baseball shit. Yeah, because I, I I remember that one day and I had to. So for anybody listening, uh, I remember this this was super random one day. I don't even remember what triggered it, but I was Facebook messaging you or something. And I remembered that somebody freshman year of high school had, was was kind of like making funny behind your back or like, hey, did you hear Nate Cooper didn't make the team and he was crying about it. And but personally, like the way, the way I responded whenever I heard that, because I don't think they were telling me directly, but they were telling somebody else anyway. The way, the way my opinion of that is, well, that just means he wanted it. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you cry about something, that means you wanted it enough to have it. But it, it's really fucking cool to me how it like it, it's law of attraction, kind of like how how things didn't work out for you then, but it's almost like you channeled that pain and you you use that pain from not making the team because 15 years old did you just go to do Muay Thai right after that? Yeah, yeah. yeah so basically, you know. Uh, 
is less than itself. I, I wanted to be a high-level baseball player, but bottom line, I wasn't putting in the work. I wasn't putting in the work. I had this false hope, you know, like, oh, I wanted to, I want to be a high-level baseball player. I want to be professional. And it's just, I wasn't putting in the work, bottom line. Right. And that's basically, I think that's where the work ethic came in, where I learned about the work ethic. Um, so you were honest with yourself, and you're like, yeah. like I wasn't, but you, you realize I'm not putting in the work, so I'm not getting the result. Yeah, and the reason, I mean, I was very young, I think I was 14, you know, I was a, I wasn't a very confident little kid, you know, like, I had just failed making the baseball team, my whole fucking life had been, like, flipped upside down because... I identify myself with baseball, you know, like... It was a part of your personality. Yeah, that's who I was, like, man, I'm a baseball player, boom, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna make a fucking pro, like, I'm gonna do this shit. And then I try out, and I, I, I was pretty good at baseball, you know, it's pretty good, but I think what really messed up was, was the tryout. I was, I was not confident. I, really? The tryout just flopped. It's a terrible tryout. And I kind of knew it. I was like, fuck. So... And when they told me I didn't make it, it was, it was devastating, for sure. But, um, I think, I mean, I think a week later, I drove past Gracie Baja. I was like, okay, I need, I need to do something. I need a new hobby. And then signed up, and here I am, you know. Wow. Yeah, just, maybe, failing like that made me realize, like, well, yeah, you didn't put any fucking work, dude. What right, right. Like, what do you mean you're... That's cool. That's cool. That you didn't even put in the work. What do you mean? Is that, is that like the, the definition of a tragic hero? Like somebody who kind of like falls down and builds himself back up. Is that like the, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the typical. You know, I failed here, but here I am now. Yeah, that's, that's inspiring. Me. I think that's super cool. Yeah, and even when I look back on it, I'm I'm glad I didn't make the team. You know? Totally. That's why I said I cut. I don't, I don't remember what triggered that thought, but I'm like, dude, I got a sense of appreciation. I say, like, like a cheap yeah, paragraph thing. I'm like, dude, I just think that's so dope how things worked out for you. And you didn't get what you wanted then, but look yeah. at you now. Yeah, man. Uh, I've won a ton of competitions. And I bet, I bet those kids talking shit want to say shit to you now. No, of course not. <laughs> not like I would beat them up or anything, but, you know. But you seem like, like you have like a because I've seen you in a few years, and you seem like you have this new sense of like calm that kind of like that you carry with you. Yeah, a lot of people say that. You know, they say I'm a calm, calm person. Which I guess you know, maybe you know, it's hard for me to see from the inside. But uh, maybe it's just because I've been humbled so many fucking times. I mean, I have been, I've probably tapped over. You know, 500 times. I've probably been choked so many times. I've been subbed so many times. Oh, I bet even more than that. Probably. Probably, probably thousands of times, honestly. I've been punched in the face, kicked in the face, face, you know, I really? look at myself in the mirror like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, from Muay Thai. You know. So you actually were sparring? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm just taking a bag. Okay. No, no. Wow. Yeah, a lot of sparring. A lot of sparring. A lot of... Mad respect. Wow. Yeah, so I think that's what it is, really, is I'm just, I don't know. I don't have much ego. You know, like I do, everybody has some ego, but like, just whatever. Right, you know, I right. I just try to let that ego go, man. You have to, you have to. I, I didn't really understand what people are talking about when they say, like, you have to suppress your ego with martial arts. Yeah. And, but I, I totally get it now, I totally get it now. Man, when someone's cranking on your fucking arm and they're hyperextending it, it's about to break, you either get your shit broken or you're like, fuck, I gotta tap. Right, right. And that tap, 
when you tap, it's like, it does something to the ego, you know, where you're like, fuck, I just, this man could have just broke my shit if he wanted to. That's pretty much what you're accepting when you tap. Like, like there's nothing I can do right now. I give up. Like, you could fuck me up right now. You could, you, sometimes you could end my life. That's exactly what it is. That's crazy. When you're getting choked, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm running out of options here. I either tap or go to sleep. You know? and, and that, that, that weird bond, bond you established with, uh, I didn't get like super close like personality-wise, but like, I, you got kind of like a, kind of close with the people I'd roll with consistently, and it's, it's weird like how, the, the, I think it's a trust thing, because mm -hmm. you, I, you have me in a rear naked choke right now, you right. could, you could, Pretty much tap me out until yeah. I pass out. Right. You, but you, you didn't, so I, yeah, yeah. Essentially, right. it's death. Yeah. It's, I mean, literally, that's, that's what it is. They hold that for a few minutes, you're done, though. You did. Bottom line, you know? And, yeah. And it, honestly, dude, like, I miss being in those really naked shows. Yeah. Like, so about, I enjoy that shit. I learned to love the, uh, the grind, you know? Yeah. Just, just tenacity, like, Because uh, you, know, you, you feel that time, but you can always try again. You can always do another roll. Hey, hey, like, what did, and I, I, after, like, getting that tap, because I realized in the beginning process, I'm like, okay, I have two months to do this, so I'm going to excel as much as I can. So I went to 30, 30 jiu-jitsu practices in two months with the, with the vacation mixed in there. So, uh, and, like, in, basically, I realized that I only had so much time, so... I'm like, I, I, I need to learn as much as I possibly can. So, like, anytime anybody would tap me, I'm like, hey, what did I do wrong? What did I, like, what, what can I do to improve? And obviously people critique you as well. And you got to be able to, that, that suppressing the ego to, uh, like, take that criticism with an open mind and realize that they're just trying to make you better and you just got to accept that. They're not trying to offend you. Like, don't get offended. Yeah, yeah a lot of people, um, they'll, like, they'll start getting choked. And they'll be like, oh, wait, no, 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 uh, put your arm here, do that, do that real quick, adjust here, oh, nice, there it is, and then they'll tap. They'll, they'll get, like, almost choked, and then they'll critique the person behind them, like, hey, actually, put your arm here to make it tighter. And then the person will do it, and they'll be like, oh, okay. So they can seem like, okay, that tap wasn't, you know, I didn't tap, I told him to do that, you know. Oh, so they Oh, I thought they were doing that genuinely to help the other person. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe, but <laughs> I think it's it's the ego. It's just some people, and it's it's most of the time uh, older men, you know, like grown men, setting their ways, come in and get choked, and it's just devastating. Like, holy fuck, I never knew like, someone could just do this to me. That's why I noticed a lot of beginners, like the the there are a few guys who started a little bit after me, and they they're always making like excuses or like. Like, oh, I didn't realize that or something like that. Right. Yeah, I just gotta let it go. You're, you're totally right. It, is, it tends to be the older men. Like, it is, yeah. But also, it's cool, like, rolling with older men because uh, somebody told me, they're like, dude, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 20, or at the time I was 21. And, uh, and they're like, oh, I wish I would have started that at your age. And I was like, that, that's a cool way to think about that. Like, I, I could, I learned a lot from him saying just those few words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I think I was about 16, and this is, for some reason, it's one of those, like, memories you just never forget. Like, uh, I was just in the locker room, and the guy said, how old are you? I was like, oh, I'm 16. He's like, man, I wish I started when I was 16. And I'm also thinking, like, well, fuck, I wish I started when I was 12. You know? Right, right. So everyone's, you can't, you just can't say that. got to accept that now is the best time to start. You can't go back, you know? Totally. So, 
You can only you can only improve yeah here now yeah, yeah and then everybody says that you know but you know maybe if I did start at forty five I probably would be thinking that as well but um, who's to say that they would have stuck with it you know true true and like man I wish I would have done this when I was sixteen like yeah well you know you're probably fucking off when you're sixteen <laughs> I doubt you would have stuck with it true. That's a, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. And if you would have started at 12, so... All you can, all you can control is the here and now and, and going into the future, so... Yeah. The present moment. Can't change the past. Can't change the past. It's yeah. done. It's done. Have you ever heard of uh, Eckhart Tolle? Yeah, I actually read uh, The Power of Now. Nice. I just wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I've... Have you read it as well? I'd like to listen to the audio book right now. Oh, very cool, very cool. And, uh... Wait, where can I find that? Just YouTube. YouTube. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely. That was what. That was probably a uh, top three book I read this year. Yeah, I love that book. The Power of Now, man. Super powerful, dude. Like, just yeah, being in the moment, being completely present. Like, too many people are, we're always thinking. People are always thinking, and you know, there's a huge problem nowadays. It's like depression and anxiety. Everybody seems to be so so anxious. Everybody has so much anxiety or depression. And I think it's just because everybody's thinking too much. Like everybody's always worried about what's about to happen two hours later from now. What's going to happen after those two hours? And then in a couple of weeks, and then that moment comes, and it's dull. And it's like, well, of course, because you've already seen it thousands of times, and you're here, and you're depressed. You're like, well, what's next? Oh, and they're constantly thinking about the future. Right. And it just creates so much anxiety and depression. And I think it's because life is almost too easy nowadays. You know, sure, sure, sure. There are things that are like hard. We gotta show up to work. We gotta, you know, we gotta clock in. We gotta do this. We gotta study. We gotta, you know, get ready for this final. But um, you know, if you think about it, in like caveman days, like we, the only thing we're fucking worried about is getting food, right? Hunting, you know, feeding our family. You know, so nowadays the food is up in the refrigerator. You know, the water is, you know. Click it on the refrigerator, get your water. It's just and the so mind easy. needs like a new problem to attach to. And yeah, life is just so easy that everybody is just like constantly like thinking, thinking. Whereas like back in the hunter and gatherer days, like if we want to get food, we can't be thinking. We are we have to be completely present, or else our family doesn't eat. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like people just think too much, and that's what uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about is like being completely in the moment. You know, not thinking about the past, not thinking about the future. Because those two things really aren't real, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah you're totally right there. Just illusions. Because that's all you ever have is this present yes. moment. That's all you'll ever have. That's all you'll ever have is the present moment. That's all that's ever has been. You know, if you think about anything that's ever happened, it's just been in this nowness in the present moment. Yeah. He actually, my favorite quote in that book, I actually printed it out and put it above my shower so I'd read it every single day. And uh, if I find here and now unacceptable, then I have three choices. Uh, totally accept it, change it, or remove myself from the situation. That is taking responsibility for my life. Yeah. And that's, that's totally true. You really do have three choices. And like, like for example, like down, um, hey, I go to Missouri State and I do, like, I, I fucking hate school, dude. Like, I've never been a fan of school, but that's what I realized this semester. I'm like, I could, I could keep kind of, I'm kind of resisting right. I, in the past I had I'd been resisting what is and that I have to get the score done and oh, I, I, I would complain about it and I'd give 
energy to negativity, and that would just the ripple effect. It would just get worse and worse and worse. Worse, 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 worse. One thought changes to another thought. You just change, change, change. You're just in your head. Oh, it's, it's so weird. Like you can get so, so indulged, so consumed by negativity like that. Just. Based off because I have some fucking homework to do. Just accept it fully. Like, I, I, I'm going to college to get this degree, and this is the work that it's going to take. Maybe I don't like it. Maybe I don't even agree with it. But I just need to fucking accept it and move forward. Because right. it is what it is. Absolutely. 100%. And it's pretty cool, though, you know, to see, like, you're doing this, like, the podcast. And, like, you're kind of venturing off into other things, like, investing in yourself, you know. True. And I think it's cool to see that in... Uh, not a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people are going the traditional college route, which is perfectly fine, you know, no problem. But you should also be uh, investing in yourself, you know. And I couldn't agree more. It's cool to see you doing that. And I, it's back to the time thing. That's the one thing I really like about this, because like think think about Joe Rogan. He has over a thousand episodes of his podcast now. Right. He only started a few years ago, and yeah. he's like forty-seven probably. I, I don't know. Yeah. Right. He's been around for maybe three, four years. Like. I'm starting this at 22. Who knows where it'll take me? Correct. You just gotta stick with it. Absolutely. I just, that's what I'm attacking it with the most, more than anything. It's just persistence because time's on my side, and I enjoy doing it a lot, and I'm learning a lot, and I'm making a lot of really cool connections. And I mean, you could you could argue that I mean, most likely, like you like we wouldn't have seen each other over break if I never started this podcast. And you're not the only one. Like I'm getting to see a lot more people, and I'm leaving my comfort zone and kind of exploring the mind of other people. So like. There's so many benefits whenever, like, outside of the aspect of, like, gaining an audience and, like, building some popularity, which, I like, would be the end goal. of course. But there's so many benefits added on that, like, it's like going to the gym. Like, it's just not to be overlooked that I'm just going to keep doing it. Like, I don't see any reason to stop, to be honest. Absolutely. It's improving yourself, you know, you're just absorbing just knowledge, knowledge. You're learning from other people. Like, it's good. super, super cool, you know. But, um, yeah, I think nowadays, man, you got to be investing in yourself. Totally. You know, it's 2017, coming up on 2018, like, if you're not investing in yourself, you know, what are you doing? Like, I don't know people's goals. I know for sure my goal is to be, you know, I want, I want to be a millionaire. I want to, I want to be successful. You know, I want to be happy. I want to be financially independent. I don't want to have to worry about money. You know, I want to have money, but I also want to be, like, a, a simple guy. You know, so, but like, I just don't want to have to worry about finance, you know, because. Like, the financial freedom. Yeah, I want that. That's my goal as well. And, you know, they say, I hear a, a lot of the average millionaire, you know, they have seven streams of income, you know, so like, that's all investing in yourself. Totally. You know, so, you, you can't trade time for money anymore. You just can't. You're not, you just can't. I couldn't agree more. That's the worst trade off you're going to be, because that's, that's the, the most. most non-renewable resource you have is time right. so yeah so you gotta be investing in yourself that's what, that's what I hate about working a job like well, at least at least on your job you were able to like grow as a person by listening to those podcasts and improve yourself yeah and here's the thing at this point in our lives like you know we're 20 we're you know 21, 22 whatever like it's fine to be working this job like you kinda have to you gotta be working True. you know like right now I'm working at you know the gym because all the money that I'm making is going into investing into myself. You know, like, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know if I, I remember I told you about it, but I've been looking into, like, drop shipping and, like, e-commerce. 
I'm not, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Like on Shopify. So like basically it's just like um, selling products like uh, that you don't even have. So it's pretty complicated. I'm not going to get into it too much, but uh, it's called dropshipping. You know, if you want to learn more about it, you know, just go hop on YouTube, look up Shopify dropshipping. Okay. But uh, that's where all my money is going. You know, I'm just investing into that. And um, I'm investing in myself. You know, I got to get that money somewhere. And so I'm working in this job, taking that money, investing into myself. Working this job, taking that money, investing into myself. So when you say investing into yourself, like, are you saying, like, like attaining more wisdom, more knowledge? Or are you saying, like... Becoming my own freaking boss, you know? Being okay. my own. Investing in me. I'm not investing in, you know, fucking some CEO. I'm not making his life better. I'm not trying to do that. I'm right. trying to make my life better. I mean... Putting money into my own brand, you know? taking control of your life, taking yeah. control of your life. It's like things like uh, you know, drop shipping, growing like an Instagram page that you can monetize. Like I'm doing that as well. So like just just doing stuff like that. If you want any any uh, anything you'd like to promote, I can put in the bio of this podcast if you're interested. Uh, no, nothing really. I mean, they can follow me on Instagram. You know, at Nathan Cooper three R's. And, uh, yeah, no, for my personal Instagram, I'm not really building it. I have, like, a, a little thing. You're growing your own. Yes, I have an Instagram page that, uh, I'm not going to say what it is right now just because I don't want to keep it private. I'll show you, but, uh. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just, I'm growing that and eventually, you know, building a big audience that I can eventually monetize, which means sell to. So. And you're totally right, dude. That's, um. That's, uh, that's another thing with this podcast, or really anything. If you can, if you can grow an audience and find your like your kind of your niche demographic, mm-hmm. exactly. then you can totally, you can totally make some money. Right. If you can build an audience, you can make money. Absolutely, hundred percent. That's like the biggest thing nowadays is just build a freaking audience. There are so many people in this world that like you can build an audience pretty simply. It just it takes some time, you know. But, totally. But just do it, you know. In seven years, the time's going to pass, okay? Say in seven years you can either have an audience of five million people or you cannot. Right, right. The time's going to pass. Well, even, even if, um, not to, not to kind of marginalize your, like, like five million, but even if you were to in seven years get to 50K or something like that, which is... Like that's still, I mean, seven years of work for 50k followers or 50,000 followers. Some people that, that might not sound that great to you, but over those seven years, you're going to be making some side money as well. And then they, that, that works really not that terrible, you know? Nope. That's it's kind of enjoyable. Yeah, it's just investing into yourself, you know? Like, that's, that's where the future is at. If you're not on social media building some sort of, you know, brand or audience, kind of slipping up. You know, right. bottom line. Well, I'm sure there, there are other ways to make money. As oh, well, for right? sure. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah, like that's what I'm like really into right now. Is just like online, like looking at ways to make money online while still hustling in jujitsu. You know, any free time that I have, like I'm trying to fill it with like some sort of productivity. You know, I respect that so yeah. much. Because like I said, like in six years, you can either have. Like an audience of 50,000 people, or you can't, or you might not. The time will pass either way. Absolutely. Do you want to go seven years and think, man, if I would have just stuck with it, I would have like a million people right now on my audience? Or, you know, but I don't, you know, because I didn't put in the work. The time's going to pass either way. So just do it.
Just do it. You know? Just do it. And like, stick with it. Yeah. You hear all these people like Gary Vaynerchuk talking about it, Ty Lopez, like all these internet gurus, like there's some truth to it, you know. So especially like at our age, like you should be investing into yourself on social media. And trying new things, like trying new things that whether that's making money or whatever, expanding your personality, like doing new things, it's taking some risk at this age. Because you're totally right, I man. Like I've I've lost a lot of interest in going out, and even though it's yeah. the culture I'm completely consumed by down at school, right. like everybody's always trying to drink, everybody's trying, to, and I just I just don't really have much interest because like. It, whenever I don't do things that align with my goals, I wake up and I, I have regret, and I fucking hate yeah. having regret in life. Like, yeah. like I, I don't want to wake up like after a night of drinking and be like, well, where, where am I? Like, where? How much closer am I to whatever goal it is? Like, it's, I'm further. I'm much further because I feel feel hungover today. I'm, I can't work towards that, and then just the ripple. I'm not. I'm not going to make. I'm not going to take action towards what's going to make me happy in the long run. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I went out drinking the other night, and like before I left my house, I was like, I was looking at my book, you know, Fake and Grow Rich. I was looking, I was like, man, should I just stay and read that? Like, well, my friends want to see me. He's like, ah, uh, uh, you know, and like, ah, I should just stay. No, you should. Go. <laughs> I should stay. No, you should go. And I end up going, waking up the next morning, freaking hungover, like feeling like a piece, you know, and just like, man, I should have stayed home, you know. Right, right. But. Yeah. Sometimes those nights, like, it's, it's not like, like, like I'm against drinking or anything no, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but... No, of course not. But it's it's enjoyable, but not, not in moderation, in moderation. Yeah, for sure. Like, see, like, you know, we're talking about earlier that personality trait. Whatever it is, you get obsessed and you just want to grow and you want to, like, succeed, you know? Like, some people, they just... It's not there. Right, but right. for, you know, people like you and ourselves, like, uh, it just... It is, you know, and like we wake up, we're hungover, like, man, I wish I would have, you know, did a podcast instead, you know, I wish right. I would have, you know, did this instead, so. Well, I was actually, I was going to go out last night, like I was thinking about it, and then um, with, part of it was that like plans didn't work out, but more than anything, I was like, like I, I was going to go out, but I was going to stay completely sober because of this podcast, because I've gone out drinking the night before, and the next morning I just felt... Not stupid, but like mentally delayed. Oh yeah, yeah like I wasn't even hungover. I just felt like out of it, man. I wasn't myself, and I I wasn't thinking as uh, as fluidly. My thoughts were yeah, just sure. kind of sporadic. I was in my own head, and like I'm like I'm never doing that again before a podcast. Like, yeah, it's, it's if it's going to if it's going to hurt the quality of the final product because like, in a way it's kind of his art in, in oh, a way yeah, for sure. And if it's going to hurt the quality of the final product, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. You know, like, yeah, yesterday, yesterday morning, I woke up just so fucking hungover. Just, like, feeling so stupid. Like, you know, just your mind is all out of whack. You're trying to, dude, you, you really do. You feel dumb. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. that's the best way to put it. You feel stupid. I was like, wait, is this what people do? You know, like, we do this, and we wake up feeling like this, and this is, like, acceptable. I don't know. I just, you know, sometimes. Just questioning it. Yeah. Let's like, you know, he said, I'm not against it, you know, I don't give a fuck, like, two shits, you know, like, I'm not against drinking, I'm not against all that, you know, but I just, I don't do it, you know, every night, like some people do, but if you look at those people that are doing it every night, you know, chances are they're not investing in themselves right. in seven years, where are they going to be, you know? I guess, I guess that, uh, the expression investing in yourself, like, this is relative to you. Is that kind of how you mean? Like, it's, it's kind of subjective to whatever you No, yeah, mean. for sure. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, yes. when I say investing in myself, I mean just like, I'm not trying to invest in someone else. Like, all my time is going towards building me in my, you know, brands or my business or, you know, my career as an athlete or just like things like that. You know, just investing into myself. Right, right. You know, not showing up at, of course, you know, I do work a job, but it's not long term, you know. I don't know. That's that's how I feel about it. I don't. I literally don't care what other people do. Like they can, like, eat your own own life. I literally have no say in it. Like no control. You control what you can control. Yeah. Like there's there's no. I'm doing good. You're doing bad. Like uh, you know, there is no good or bad. It's just however you perceive it. And yeah, you know, I choose to, you know, work on growing these things. You know, my totally. Instagram account. You know, my Shopify business. My my career as an athlete. You know. I personally find the internet to be either because it's an opportunity, man. Like it's it's we're the first generation to really have the internet, which is really fucking dope. Yeah, like we have this fresh new perspective on it. But I, I find the internet to be either the greatest resource or the greatest distraction. Yeah, and you really can use it to your choice because, like personally, I, I make a rule for myself that I don't have a problem with like getting on social media. But like television, I don't, I don't really watch television. If I do, I'm watching like a, a TED talk mm -hmm. or uh, maybe like a podcast or something that's gonna grow me as a person. Yeah. I actually been watching Eckhart Tolle as like a YouTube channel. If you, if yeah, everyone want to check it out. It's super cool. I fucking love that guy, man. He's he's interesting. He's like a modern day Jesus. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, he, like, he's like a higher state. The way he talks too. He's just so like simple, like. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it's funny how he hit, he'll start laughing out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> like for no reason. Yeah. It's just it, my interpretation of that is that he's just he doesn't take himself seriously at all because he just takes on this. He's he's living this form and he will return to. Because isn't his kind of thought that we all whenever we pass we kind of become one thing of consciousness? Yeah, you know I'm not sure you know too much about all that, but I don't know. I I, I know his thing just like be in the now. You know, I think he's so detached from the ego. So, you know, the ego is like the human body. It's like, it's like this hand, you know, this, this body. That's like the ego. And there's also another side, which is like, you know, your spirit or like your soul, you know, or who you truly are. So whenever you are in the complete now and you're not thinking about the future, you're not thinking about the past, you're just in the complete nowness, you're, you're in touch with who you truly are. You know, your 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 inner self. Yeah, you're away from the ego. The ego is the one who's like, you know, fuck, where are we gonna be in an hour from now? Where are we gonna be three hours from now? Is that you know, oh shit, I'm going here, I'm super nervous. How's this interview gonna go? Uh, oh, you know, just thinking, thinking, thinking. The ego. Oh, this guy just you know cut me off. What the fuck? You know, huh? You know, like that's the ego. Just like, just kind of. And then when you silence that, and you have no thoughts. It's kind of, it's like what Eckerd says, there's this like underlying presence that comes about whenever you completely shut out your thoughts, you know? It's like who you truly are, you know? That's that's my opinion on it, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, um, not, to, not to change this topic, but intermittent fasting? Yeah. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I love intermittent fasting, dude. And you, you, you're fucking shredded from it. You're shredded from yeah. it. 
So at first, uh, I, I started doing intermittent fasting just as like a way for me to cut weight. Okay. So I think it was last year I was getting ready for the Pan American uh, in California, and I had to lose weight. I had to get is down. the Pan American? Is did I butcher that at all? Or? Was that no? Is that a jujitsu competition? Yeah, Pan American is uh, second. I think it's the second biggest jujitsu tournament in the world. So I was getting ready for that, training at Art of Jiu-Jitsu Jiu Academy, hitting comp class every morning, going back, training at night, waking up 6 a.m., showing up an hour before class, drilling, putting in the work, you know, but I also had to lose weight. I had to get down to 137 pounds. Oh, wow. Which, you know, I was walking around at like uh, 147. So that's 10 pounds? So about 10, 10 pounds to lose already as a pretty lean guy, so it's kind of hard sometimes. Yeah, ten pounds for you would be a lot, a lot more than ten pounds for me to lose. Yeah. So, right. So like, uh, just looking in, I had messed around with previous diets before, you know, such as uh, the ketogenic diet. Um, you know, cut like eating these small meals throughout the day, like you know, making sure I'm hitting my calories per day. And uh, I just came across this YouTube channel. His name's Kino Body. Kino body. Kino body, yeah, and he's super. Shout out! Yeah, he's, he's better, man. And uh, he's super into intermittent fasting, and like I just started uh, listening to his stuff, and um, he basically made me realize that you can lose weight uh, much easier than people talk about. So I was like, okay, I'll give this a try. And uh, so, yeah, intermittent fasting basically, you know, I would just I would wake up, I wait about an hour. Upon waking, eat some, or, uh, drink some black coffee. There's no calories in that. And what that does is suppresses your appetite. And then around like 4 o'clock, I would eat like an apple or something just to make sure that my glycogen stores, which is um, basically your blood sugar, okay, making sure that doesn't get too low to where I feel, to where I hit um, what's called uh, hypoglycemia, which is where uh, you like pretty much run out of carbs or sugar and your blood sugar just really falls down and then even falls down more it's kind of hard to explain but um, so yeah, that's why I would eat the apples so I wouldn't uh, get into hypoglycemia because if you think about it throughout the day if you're fasting your body is running on itself so it's dipping into its glucose stores which is basically blood sugar okay, okay so it's dipping into that and using that as energy so if you're not eating you know, you could potentially run out and start feeling a little shaky. Is this going to pull from your fat as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's how you lose fat. You know, but um, so I'd eat the apple and then around like 8 or 9 p.m., maybe even like 7, I'd break the fast, huge freaking meal. Anything I want to eat, anything I want to eat, it would be, I would hit up this uh, place, this local uh, burrito shop in Huntington Beach, and I would always get like this fat burrito and just just mow it down, I'd be absolutely stuffed, satisfied, ate what I want, and I wake up the next morning losing weight. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, basically, the concept is like you take all your calories that you normally eat in one day, and you just save it for one big meal. Okay. Instead of just eating these small, proportionate meals throughout the day to reach the calorie limit, right? I was just saying, screw all that. I'm just gonna have a huge meal. Does it have something to do with your insulin levels as well? Uh, what do you mean, like? The, is it, does it lower or raise your insulin levels whenever you're in a state of fasting? Yeah, so, so that's uh, a thing in itself. So like, at first I was just doing intermittent fasting to lose weight, but now uh, I do it to 
feel like amazing throughout the day. That's what I've heard. I've yeah. heard that you just feel better. And that's what's, that's another aspect that's extremely appealing yeah. to me. So there's a couple of reasons for that. So, so whenever you fast, uh, basically when you don't put food in your stomach, uh, your body starts working on itself. Okay, so if you're eating all these meals, constantly eating, your body is just always trying to digest that food. So it's working on digesting the food. Okay. So if you're not eating, it's going to go into your body's cells. It starts um, repairing the strong cells and creating new ones and allowing the um, weak cells to simply die off. So like those cells, they, they die while it rebuilds and repairs the strong ones. Okay, so that's one reason why you start to feel good. Okay. There's also another reason that whenever you enter into a fasted state, um, your brain uh, brings out a hormone which is called BDNF. So, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, what is that? So that hormone is responsible for uh, stress relief, happiness, and uh, the mood, basically. Stress relief, happiness, and like, yeah, mood. So basically, stress relief and like mood, basically, to uh, make you feel good. Okay. So that's what it's BDNF like a does. Okay. Yeah, so like once it releases that hormone... You what was the name of the hormone again? Uh, BDNF. BDNF. Yeah, you okay. can, I'm going to write that down. Yeah, you can Google it, look it up, and it will break it down better than what I just did. But, uh, yeah, so that's like one of the reasons why you feel super good is because basically all these hormones that are suppressed because you're constantly eating, they, be, they begin to bring out, right? They begin to, uh, I guess, excrete, you know, how you say... And then also, um, when you're in a fasted state, what's called HGH, which is human growth hormone, uh -huh. it actually, people say it goes up by like times 200. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah, when you're in a fasted state. And a human growth hormone is responsible for, um, man, I think energy, energy levels, as well as it preserves muscle mass. So that's when also people think that when you fast, you're going to lose muscle. That, that was, was my big fear. Out that of it. actually is not correct because, uh, yeah, human growth hormone rises exponentially, and uh, that's responsible for preserving muscle mass. No shit. Yeah. So, wow. Intermittent fasting, amazing. It's, it, it aligns with, um, especially if you're a bodybuilder or something, it's going to align with both of your goals. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if if you want to do intermittent fasting and you don't want to lose muscle mass, when you break your fast. At night, you got to make sure you eat enough protein. Okay. So when you will begin to lose muscle mass is if you fast for like four days. Right, right. Because then your body's like, okay, we've burned a lot of fat. We want to save some of that, so let's start dipping into the muscles. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, But if you fast for like 24 hours, 48 hours, eh, you're not going to lose muscle. Which is why in some of my videos, you see pre-shredded, you know. And yeah, you have no fat. Do you, do you by chance know what your body fat percentage is? I don't know. Yeah, no, I've never never done that. I've never went and got it. Probably, if I had to guess, it would probably be somewhere around like 6. Yeah, it's probably pretty low, I would say. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, intermittent fasting is great. If you haven't done it before, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't done it before, you should definitely try it. Okay. The first day will be kind of hard. You might get a headache. I don't know if I told you this, but, uh, so, this, um, back in... Ellen was it back in this past spring? Mm -hmm. I was working at Steak and Shake as a server because I was gonna like work there and then get my get like a higher level serving job. Yeah, sure. Didn't end up working out, but anyway, uh, or at least not yet. Optimist. Right. But, uh, so I'm, I'm working there, and I was I was texting you at the time about like intermittent fasting and trying it out. So I tried it the first day. 
had a, had a pretty good time. I, I think I don't think I tried that method, just the one meal, but I tried more because I wanted to like kind of like weed myself into it. And I've done it. I've done it on and off a little bit, like here and there. I've been stuck with it consistently. Now, now talking to you, I think I. I think I'm going to yeah. take action to it, especially if it makes you feel better. Dude, that's, like, that's what I do. I don't even need to lose weight. I just do it some days because I'm like, man, I don't feel really fucking good today. Totally, oh, totally. And you've, you've uh, associated that with pleasure, like the pleasure of feeling good. Yeah. That's, that's what I need to do in my mind. But anyway, right. yeah. so I, I tried the second day, and this was my like second last day of work, and I was just I was tired of all the bullshit. But I, I, was, uh, I wasn't like, like crabby, but I was just going about my day, and this girl just started giving me shit. I guess I was a little crabby because I was like, my body wasn't used to like not handling food. I ended up, I ended up, this girl told me to roll silverware. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> She's just being a total. <laughs> people are gonna be mad at me for using this word, but she's being a total cunt, man. That's like funny. the whole shift, and I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And then she's like, she started just freaking out like irrationally, and then uh, she went up to the manager and like told on me, and he ends up firing me. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> but uh, you could argue that that's because I was uh, attempting a state of fasting. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're not not used to it, uh, yeah, the first first few few days. Or well, it might be a little rough. I remember when I first tried it, first day I was like, eh, I don't really see what all the hype's about. I don't really get it. Second day, I was like, eh, still. But the third day, for some reason, it hit me. I was like, oh, okay. Really? Now I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. And I just felt freaking amazing. I was like, this is what I do from now on. That's like a like a, a feeling you get that led to like an epiphany kind of. That's cool. Yeah, yeah and I think... I think that, you know, helps me uh, train as much as I was training. Keep in mind, man, I was training incredibly hard and eating min minimal food. You know, I was doing this fasting, putting in mad work, and still doing this without any food in my stomach. Wow. I started to notice as well that I felt uh, uh, a lot lighter. My cardio was through the roof. My you feel quicker? Yeah, yeah. Way faster, way lighter. I was performing better. When I would be uh, going for moves, I could see their their reaction faster. I could, it just it almost puts you on like a higher state. Like really, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So. So when does how long does it take? Because you, I've I've heard that it doesn't the state of ketosis it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily kick in right away. Is that because is that why or the reasoning because you started to feel it on that third day and not that first and second? Um, you know so. Honestly, maybe the reason why I felt good was uh, because of ketosis, but I also think it's because of the HGH rising and my brain hormones. Um, I think that's the main reason. Because doesn't it, it bumps up uh, adrenal, like your adrenal glands and cortisol levels or something with that as well? Uh, I'm not sure about too much of the cortisol and all that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I know a little things about the ketosis, so like... I, w I would do a diet to get into the state of ketosis. So, like, it, it takes about, you know, I want to say at least five or six days of not eating any carbs to get into a real state of ketosis. Okay, so that's correlated with carbs. With carbs and sugar. Okay. Yeah, so basically whenever your body starts to realize that, you're not giving it any carbs. So primarily me and you right now, our body is running off of carbs, which then gets... Um, broken down into glucose, right, which then our body um, will take that glucose and will store it in our liver. 
Okay, so then, well, like right now I'm on glucose. I have glucose, which is basically blood sugar. That's basically what it is. Okay. Um, so basically that's like what we're running on right now. But whenever you stop eating carbs and you stop eating sugar, you're not bringing any, uh, you don't have any blood sugar. You don't have any, like, uh, any glycogen. Uh, you know, you don't have anything to run off of. So you start feeling, you get what's called a keto flu. You start feeling pretty shitty. You start feeling pretty down. You get, like, these side effects. So it is good to have some blood sugar. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. But that's that's where the glycogen kind of plays in again. Like, where that's why you're eating the apple. You're eating a correct. big potato. Yes, correct. Okay. So because, yeah, if I, if I fast um, without that, I can start hitting hypoglycemia, which, uh, so it goes, right, after hypoglycemia, it, then it goes ketosis. Okay, okay. Yeah, does that make sense? So when you, A little bit more. Yeah, when you run out of uh, glycogen, which, so glycogen is the term for when it's stored in your liver, okay? So okay. it stores glycogen in the liver, and then that glycogen turns to glucose once it goes into the blood, and which, that's which is sugar. most commonly known as blood sugar. Okay, okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, whenever you run out of that, um, you go into what's called hypoglycemia. You start getting really shaky. You start getting um, faint. Uh, if you're, if you have diabetes, this is where the problems come in. This is where you could potentially die. Oh wow! Yeah, um, yeah. If you are diabetic, you know, I recommend looking into it more. But uh, yeah, if you're diabetic, hypoglycemia can be detrimental for people who have diabetes okay yeah so but for you know most people uh, it's perfectly fine so what happens it goes hypoglycemia and then it goes ketosis so your body starts realizing okay we have no more glycogen no more glucose no more blood sugar right it starts dipping into your fat storages so once your body starts burning primarily fat for fuel you're in a state of ketosis okay okay and ketosis People say you feel really good in ketosis because when you burn fat, it's a much cleaner energy source than uh, sugar. So that's why you, you feel good. You feel really good. But it takes a little bit. It takes about five days to get into a deep state of ketosis. Of okay. No sugar, no carbs. And that's hard. That's a hard discipline, hard, especially yeah. when you don't have the, the habit established. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, but you lose weight super fast. Your face gets skinny, you know, like... You look pretty good, but it's hard to maintain. I believe it. Because if you eat like a chip, you're out of ketosis. Really? Yeah, because think about it, that's carbs. Your body's like, oh, there's the glucose. Even that, that small of a portion, one chip? If you're not, like, if your body isn't used to ketosis, then yeah, it, it'll kick you out of it. Wow. Yeah, but it might not be too long to get back into it. It might take like another day to get back into it. But not five days again, you know. Wow. Yeah, like... You know, I might be kind of butchering all this stuff, so like if you're into it, you know, just Google it, you know. But like I said, yeah, I've I've messed around with ketos, uh, the ketogenic diet, calorie counting, you know, cutting my carbs in half, and intermittent fasting has been the best one. Okay, okay. By far. Just makes it very easy. So yeah, and you feel amazing. Really? Yeah, doing, yeah. You know? That's that's like one of the most attractive things to me. Yeah. Another attractive thing I heard the other day about um intermittent fasting is that uh it's really good for longevity yeah yep really yeah so again that goes into uh so intermittent fasting also um so it reduces your chance at cancer 
Um, type really? Two, yeah. It, it dramatically drops your risk for cancer, type 2 diabetes, leukemia, and uh, Parkinson's, as well as, yeah, I think that's all I know off the top of my head, and also preserves for longevity in life. Wow. Yeah. So, if you think about it, um, so for always eating, our body is constantly, so when you eat, your body has to use what's called insulin to balance out your blood sugar. So when you're constantly producing that insulin, that's how people um, get diabetic. If they're constantly eating sugar, 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 carbs, carbs, that means their liver is constantly producing um, insulin. I think it's the liver is constantly producing insulin to balance out that blood sugar. Right. Which is, um, yeah, so like uh, if you run out of insulin, that's how you get diabetic. Okay. Because your liver is just like, I think it's the liver, is like, okay, we're done. We, we, we're done here. We're done producing insulin. We've far too much sugar has been coming in the body. It's done. Wow. It just shuts down. Yeah, so whenever you uh, fast. That's scary. That's something that's so common in our culture can yeah. shut down yeah. a vital organ. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking insane. Yeah, it just stops producing insulin, which is then why uh, that's how you get diabetic, basically. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you, when you do fasting, basically you're preserving that insulin. You're not producing any insulin. Your, your body loves it. It's super happy you're doing that, you know, because it's, you're giving your freaking body a break from just digesting. Right. You know, if I, you know, I go back again to like the hunter and gatherers, like we weren't eating that much. You know, we were, we would wake up primarily throughout the day. We would have to go and hunt. And then at night we would have these, these big meals, which is basically what intermittent fasting is. So if you think about it, when we get into this really heightened state of intermittent fasting, that's our body's way of, of putting us into that state of hunting. Okay. Like, like we have to be sharp. We got to be on our shit to get our food, right? So, like, we would wake up. The men would go hunt throughout the day. We would get into a fasted state, which allows us to have energy to get the, to get the food. And then at night, we would take these, these meals back to our family, have these big festive meals, right? Do it again the next day. Do it again the next day. So is it kind of a primal feeling? Exactly. Primal state, which I, I'm sure that aligns with your goals in jiu-jitsu as well. Yeah. But not to even mention the, the cutting weight aspect. Right. 100%. It puts you in, yeah, you feel very primal. Wow. Yeah. So like it goes back again to everyone nowadays seems pretty depressed, pretty anxious. And that can be a, because of a lot of things. Their diet, right? Lack of movement. Lack of movement. They're thinking far too much. And then it all goes back to... If you try intermittent fasting, right, you get into a heightened state, right? It puts you in like the now, right? You feel great and it's just basically, you know, it's a primal feeling. That's what we date back to. That's how we evolved. Right, right. You know? And now we're in this weird like uh, period of time where like things are like changing, you know? We're always eating. We have like these weird like jobs we got to show up to you know what i mean like it's just it's it's different for it, sure. was, it is a weird time and it's yeah. it's not a time that's existed forever it's extremely temporary and people kind yeah. of forget that like even a hundred years ago what like common lifestyle is very very different than a yeah. hundred years ago yeah for sure yeah man so that's why i think when you get to that intermittent fasted state or that fasted state it's like it's a primal feeling you feel amazing because that's your body's way of putting you in that state where you can get out there and get food. Get out there and hunt, you know. Get the food for your family. Right. 
Because if we didn't have these mechanisms that gave us energy in a fastest state, right. we probably wouldn't be here, you know? If, true, if true, you think okay. about it. Because say we, as hunter and gatherers, we don't have this internal system to give us energy, to give us this primal, like state like because when you are in a fast state you you i swear to god you have so much energy you feel so optimistic you feel really good and um if that wasn't like an internal thing yeah we might not be here because we wouldn't have had the ability to actually hunt on an empty stomach okay okay you know so do you think that that um you can kind of almost channel that same desire to hunt to kind of manifest, like, can it can it manifest itself in to chasing your desires, your Absolutely. goals in life? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a huge initiative as well. If yeah. you want to do that, yeah, that's that's why I still do it. You know. Yeah. Hundred percent. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. Man. It gives me a lot of energy when I do it. I get super productive. You know, and uh, you know, when I first started intermittent fasting, I have a couple videos on my YouTube channel. And, um, I know I watched the one and it was extremely informative. Yeah, I have a couple of videos and that's actually intermittent fasting is what made me want to like do all this stuff because at first I was just doing jujitsu, and um, and then I started intermittent fasting. And I was like, well, wait, I can do all these things. I can create a YouTube channel. I can look into business. I can look into entrepreneurship. And if I didn't do intermittent fasting, I don't think I ever would have felt that um, drive to take action and do this. Not to psychoanalyze your life too much, but it all started with baseball. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, right now where I'm at now, I'm just, feels good, you know, feels good. Everything, I think everything is kind of where it's supposed to be. Good for you. You know, and uh, yeah, for sure. So what's the biggest difference between like eating like on a, so, I, cause I, I've looked up forms of intermittent fasting mm-hmm. and that you just eat an eight-hour duration. So you're basically eating one third of the total day. Mm-hmm. And what's the difference between eating one third of the total day and only eating one massive meal? Yeah. So honestly, um, I see a lot of people do it differently. Like they they say they wake up and then they eat at like two p.m. But I think those people are primarily doing it for uh, to lose weight. Okay. Because when you really start to feel the benefits is when you get into a pretty deep fasted state. Like when you're pretty deep into that fasted state, that's when these things start happening. So um, for me, I don't do that because I have to sound like a, a prick or anything, but it's too easy. Okay. Like, and I, I don't really understand it, to be honest. I don't really understand, like, I just don't get it. Right. I don't understand the 12 a window hour. That's just too much for me. It's too complicated. I'm just like, man. That really is. It yeah. does complicate yeah. things. You're I'm totally like, right. I'm like, what? I don't, I'm like, I don't understand Understand it. What? You know, I don't get it. So for me, I do. I just wake up, wait about an hour. The reason I wait an hour to have black coffee upon waking is because if you wake up and you have black coffee immediately, well, what happens is your cortisol uh, is pretty high. So if you go and drink coffee right upon waking... Um, your your appetite is going to come back much faster than if you were to wait an hour after okay. waking, wait for your cortisol to lower a little bit, and then have the black coffee. That'll suppress your appetite. Uh, really? Okay. Okay. Bit. Yeah. So and what, what about time? Because you eat at four o'clock. Is that correct? Uh, so I was I was doing that when I was training super hard, getting ready for the worlds in the pan. So, but uh, like the other day, I, I made a snap. I don't know if you saw it on my story. I did a fast where I I woke up at 11 
and had an Americano from Starbucks, and I didn't eat anything until, I think, 10 p.m. Okay, wow. Yeah, I just, you know, I mean, to push myself a little bit, to really get into that fasted state, and I didn't feel like I needed the apple, you know? The only reason I eat the apple is if I start getting a little shaky. Okay. Yeah, if I start feeling like, okay, my, my blood sugar is pretty low right now, which isn't that big of a problem, you know, but... No, I don't like the feeling. I'm not trying to get into ketosis because that's the next step, right? Right. When you start getting shaky, okay, your blood sugar is starting to drop. The next step is, okay, I'm getting the hypo, hypoglycemia. Okay, now I'm in ketosis, right? I'm not trying to get into all that. I was just trying to get into the, the fasted state. So, and that, that, so the fasted state pretty much comes before the hypoglycemia? Yes. Okay, that's the step yeah. right before, okay. Yes, correct, yeah. So... Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, I just, I broke the fast at 10 p.m. Like, I woke up, had an Americana, didn't eat anything until 10 p.m. And, um... Respect. So, if you're going to do that, though, when you go to break that fast, say you want to do it again the next day, okay? Say you eat your meal. Right. And, so you break your fast at 10 p.m., but say there's not enough carbs. Say you only have, like, some meat and some vegetables, all right? So, what's going to happen... Okay. Is you're going to go to do the fast again the next day, and when, at like 3 p.m., you're going to start feeling shaky, maybe even hypoglycemia, because when you broke that fast the night before, you didn't eat enough carbs. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So whenever I break that fast, say I want to do an extreme fast again the next day, I make sure to have a lot of rice, a lot of carbs, a lot of starches, a lot of bread. That way... It will allow me to get into that fast state and I'll still feel really good. Because if you don't eat enough carbs when you break that fast and you go to get into that fast state again, you want to feel really good, you want to feel it again, you don't have enough carbs. So what's actually going to happen is you're going to start getting the hypoglycemia, which doesn't feel that good. Okay. Yeah. Which is yeah. a fine line you got to establish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's exactly and it. I found all this stuff out through feeling it in my own body, basically. Wow. Yeah. So. And then you started to apply the research as well. Yeah, and then I made YouTube videos on it as well. So, you know. But yeah, so if you want to do an extreme fast like that, and you go to break that fast, if you want to do it again the next day, you got to eat a lot of carbs. You, you basically have to eat a huge meal. Okay, okay. Yeah. But if you're doing it for weight loss, now that's a different thing. There's a fine line. Okay, you want to eat enough carbs, not too many, right? You want to eat a nice meal, you know, maybe around 2,000 calories. And then, In one meal? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a good thing. About wow. It. Yeah, you'll still lose weight. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, everyone's different. You know, like you probably have maybe like a 3,200 calories you need to eat per day to maintain your weight. Right, right. But to lose weight, you want to go a little under. So maybe like 2,600 calories. So if right. you eat nothing, but you save that all for one big meal, you get a 2,600 calorie meal you get to eat, and you're going to uh -huh. feel super satisfied, and you're not going to feel like you're dieting because you can eat a donut. You can eat freaking whatever. You can eat a freaking sandwich, you know? That's cool. That's super cool. Yeah, which is why I did that, you know? I feel like if I were to do something like this, and I definitely plan to, and I, this is this is definitely inspiring action. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> uh, but would would I feel like my method that I would want to take is maybe one big meal and then like a smaller one like two hours after. So it's yeah, like, yeah. like a four hour gap. Yeah. Is, yeah, would so would that be effective? Yeah, that's what I do sometimes as well. So like uh, I would break the fast at night, 
And then, like, I'd probably get a sweet tooth, probably eat some cookies. Okay. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, pretty, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Something, something like a post-meal to kind of follow, because just to space out, like, the protein coming in so that your, your body's breaking it down, not all at once. I don't know even know if that'd be better. I just think for personal preference, mm-hmm. I, I think it... Yeah, yeah, you could do that for sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's Kino Body, this guy who I pretty much learned all this from. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'll write his name down. Yeah, too. for sure. If you really want to learn about uh, intermittent fasting, go check out Kino Body. Is that camera still on? No, no, the camera actually died. So we just yeah, it, it usually only. Um, but I think that memory card ran out. But um, audio. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just I'll just switch over and it, actually, if you want to, we can take a selfie at the end of this. Yeah, and, for sure. And I'll just use that selfie on there. Yeah, I'll throw it on my Snapchat and Instagram. Tell people to go check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate we'll that. Get some, some views. Yeah. So yeah, man, intermittent fasting is amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. You should try it. Yeah, you you will definitely lean down, but you'll keep keep that muscle. You know, you will. That's super appealing. You'll be shredded. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so many benefits, and it doesn't sound like it has much drawbacks to it at no, all. No, not. No, the reason why you feel like that is because that's kind of how we evolved to feel. Right. It's kind of how our bodies evolved, you know? Just genetically, like, uh-huh. yeah, charging us, okay. Yeah, and if you think about how people eat nowadays, no wonder that everybody's, like, not feeling the best. And everybody, yeah, everybody's uh, lack of energy. Everybody's always so tired. Yeah. Also, you'll notice that with intermittent fasting, when you do go to eat, your body's like, oh, okay, we're going to sleep. You know, like... This- It'll put you out, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For a couple of reasons, because the insulin spike, right? Because it's trying to balance everything out. Insulin is basically what makes you tired. Okay. When insulin starts to release, you know, like uh, this Christmas, you know, you're going to notice like you're, you're with your family... You know, Grandpa just ate a huge freaking meal, and he's out on the couch. True, true. So that's why. Yeah. And I I have noticed that, um, that obviously not with intermittent fasting, but yeah, I'll I'll eat something extremely carby, like very heavy. I'm I'm just like 20 minutes later, I'm so fucking tired. It's the insulin. Okay. Yeah. And it's and you know, yeah, because you know it's not sleep. Mm -hmm. So that's what it is. It's the insulin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly why. Yeah. So you'll notice that. When you go to start breaking that fast, you're like, wow, I see it now. Because in that fasted state, you have so much damn energy. Right, right. Like the other night, I was like, should I do a 48-hour fast? Like, I feel amazing. I'm not even that hungry either. Like, Wow. But I was like, yeah, I'll go ahead and break the fast, you know. Right, right. But yeah, you'll feel so good and really not even that hungry. Yeah, you'd be like, wow. In the cardio, that aligns with my cardio goals because I'm trying to drop uh, 20 seconds off my mile time. Nice. From a few months back. But yeah. Sick. So that'll help a lot. You've been running? Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to improve because I ran a 6.15 at the beginning of the semester and then I, I've uh, been running a shit ton since then, like trying to improve that, but I haven't ran a mile since. Yeah. And Holy also, because also, like, I play indoor soccer in like, the mm. winter and whatnot, nice. so, like, like, to, I guess, stay in shape for that as well. Mm. 6.15 mile, that's crazy. Yeah, I was happy with it. That's nuts, dude. I was, I was a little, shit. not sick, but I, like, I had like a light cold that day, too. So I was like, I'm, I'm really optimistic for the next one I run. I just I just need I need a time, and I don't want to run in the cold, though, because I, yeah. I feel like that'll drop my time. Yeah, maybe. Try, it, my time. try intermittent fasting, and then go run. You'll feel lighter, faster, sharper. I guarantee it'll cuff, 
cut time off your mile. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially if I lost weight on top of that. Mm-hmm. There, there, how, how could I not? How could I yeah, not improve were, it? Yeah, people think uh, you can't like perform um, on an empty stomach, which is so false. And I ran uh, 10 miles with no water and no food. No! In a complete fasted state. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No water. No water. Holy uh, shit. 10 miles. Did you cramp up at all after you? Nope. No way. Uh, felt amazing. Was it like pretty relaxed? After, 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 of course, I drank water. Okay, know. okay. But like beforehand, nothing. No nothing. No. Wow. Yeah. I, I might have drank water before. Yeah, but during, no. Wow. Yeah. No food, though, at all. Yeah. Um, felt amazing. I respect that you're a conscious eater because it, it, I, I struggle with it personally uh, a little bit, but not nearly, not nearly as much as most Americans. Right. Like, it, in. You, you could just be, like, semi-conscious just shoving shit down your throat, not even mm-hmm. thinking about it. And that's another thing uh, on the topic of, like, kind of leaving the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's so easy to just uh, just be, like, a glutton and just shoving food down your throat yeah. without even really thinking about it. Like, you can, you can literally have – you, have you ever eaten – this is, like, the most semi-conscious state I've ever been in. I realized, I realized it when I was there. Mm-hmm. But I was eating – it doesn't matter what it was. Say I'm eating an Oreo. I have a pack of Oreos. I'm eating one Oreo, and as I'm eating this Oreo – I'm already thinking yeah. about the next fucking <laughs> Oreo. What yeah. is what's no, that? That's so true. <laughs> I don't know. That's how it is too. When I eat that kind of stuff, I'm like, I just stuff in my face, you know. I don't know what it is. It's it's that same thing with the mind. It's like we're always, for some reason, worried about the freaking future. Like, I'm eating this Oreo, you know. Like, oh, all I'm worried about in my mind is the next freaking Oreo and the next one. Right. You know, like for some reason, we're just always, what's next? What's next? And we can never just. Be here. I, like, I'm not even enjoying the fucking Oreo that's in my mouth. I'm exactly. thinking about the next yeah. one. <laughs> and you continue to think about the next one. And it's just, and then uh, next thing you know, you're out of Oreos and you just ate 3,000 calories. Yeah, yeah. And then you feel like a piece after. So you know? true. So true. And you don't feel good afterwards and then it ruins your whole day. And then you do it again the next day and you wonder why you're not productive. You wonder why you're depressed. Totally. You wonder why, you know, it's... Well, even the mental delay, man. Like, I, um, it, there was this time uh, over the summer recently where... I ate like five or six pancakes, just back to back to back. This is like three hours before jujitsu practice, <laughs> and I went there and I, I didn't feel like super. I felt slowed down, mm-hmm. uh, like like physically, but more than anything, I felt very very mentally delayed. Like I was like out of it, man. I felt the, 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 like we were saying with the hangover earlier. Like I yeah. felt just dumb. Like, yeah, that yeah, that's that's another thing. Also, with intermittent fasting, is like you'll notice how clear your mind is. So, like, when you eat, there's almost, like, this heavy brain fog, okay? Like, when you eat something like pancakes and all that, that's what you're talking about. You feel kind of, it's brain fog, basically. Right. It's like, you're, you're foggy, like, you know. But whenever you get into an intermittent fast, or when you fast, you get to that state, you'll notice that, like, your head almost feels, like, lighter, and, like, your mind is so clear and, like, light. It's very interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah. You're just so freaking alert. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then when you go to eat, you'll be like, holy crap. You know, I am freaking tired. I got brain fog. Kind of makes you think, too, like, on, like, a conspiracy level, it's almost, uh, because all these things that are going to slow you down mentally and physically, like sugar and Mm -hmm. all that, and uh, how our our consumption-based culture kind of, like, pushes gluttony and, like, overconsumption of food on you for the lack of energy. It's almost like we've been... 
wired in in a yeah. way like to to do this so that we don't feel at our best so that we we feel less of ourselves yeah i, mean, I don't know i'm just making oh. a little conspiracy but you know it, it makes you think you know i think it's more so as a, a side effect of big corporations pushing their business you know if you think about it food is a business it really is everything everything around us is a business so much trying to make money and it's just a result of these big corporations you know just pushing their business, pushing their, their product, you know, pushing the sugar, you know, and, and then it just kind of is a side effect that people are starting to feel this way, you know. Maybe they have it planned out. I don't know, you know. True, true. I don't know. It just makes you think. It makes you question it a little bit. Who freaking knows? I like that, though. It's a side effect. It's yeah. It's a side effect. It's, it is, you know. Maybe it's not the intentional plan, but it's definitely, yeah. undeniably, it is a side effect. Yeah, for sure. I would say so, you know. But, you know, um, also, uh, the big, these big businesses, there was a, a scheme for a while where they would say, like, um, that fat is what made people fat, basically. Uh-huh. So everybody was buying non-fat this, non-fat that. Non- Which ups the sugar. Exactly. If you look at the sugar, it's through the freaking roof. So people are like, man, I'm on a no-fat diet, like, uh, and I haven't lost any weight. And also, fat is essential for um, hormones, hormone development. Such In the as, brain, specifically, right? Correct, as well as testosterone. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah, so if you're on a low-fat diet with no fat, guarantee you go get your uh, testosterone levels checked. <sighs> Terrible. Really? Yeah, fat is super essential for hormone development. Yeah, which is, oh, why, wow. um, which is why people say the ketogenic diet, which is primarily fat, right? That's what it is. You don't eat carbs, you don't eat sugar, you just eat fat. That's that's why people will go in. They'll get their testosterone levels checked on a ketogenic diet, and it's very high. Wow. Yeah, it's because their hormones are through the roof. Yeah, just like the old uh, food pyramid. Because I didn't realize that until lately. I saw a post about it, how, how uh, they've pretty much just said that's complete bullshit. Well, we grew up learning. I remember learning that in first grade. Yeah, me too. Like the uh, eat, eat as many carbs and then eat as little as this, little as this. And it's bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of makes sense, like, on that conspiracy topic as well. Because you, you control the public and what they're consuming. You kind of control a little bit more of what they're thinking. And yeah. You control what they're thinking. You control their actions. Um, what is that cereal brand? Millville? Is that what it is? Millville. I'm not familiar. I don't s- think I'm familiar with it. Or those. something like that. I don't know. I'm sure. But um, you got to think about it. All this is tied in with the government. You know, the government is what basically is pushing that out. They're pushing out, like, their business. Right. Eat the their bread. agenda. Eat the cereal. Breakfast. Breakfast, the, your first meal in the morning. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Bullshit. Complete horseshit. So, don't eat it. <laughs> don't eat it. You know, because if you start out your day just eating all this carbs and all this sugar, you know, your, your insulin is spiced through the roof, and you're going to have a crash in, like, an hour or so, and you're going to feel super unproductive and tired. And, you know, you probably shouldn't eat breakfast. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm learning now is, like... Mm-hmm. like <laughs> Everything you've been told, man, it's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And that makes you question other parts of life, too. But Correct. that's that's fucking crazy because I always, I always made a point when I was younger to eat breakfast because I was always yeah. secure that Me so too. that you'd have energy throughout your day. But that's... It's crazy that what we've learned is complete, utter bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, if you do it every day, you, you might become accustomed to it. You might go, oh, I don't see the problem with it. You know, I feel fine. Right. 
but you don't see the other side of it, you know? Right, right. You only get that one perspective, and you're, you're, I feel you're comparing it to other days where you felt lesser, but you never really, you felt this, uh, not to call it like superhuman, but like right. the superhero mm -hmm. strength, you know? Yeah, you feel the other side of it. Especially if it's like the, what, what was boosted up by 200% again? Uh, HGH. HGH. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. I swear. I look it up. It's a real statistic. I didn't, I, I didn't know that was uh, naturally produced by the body until yeah. I said that. Yeah. Human growth, growth hormone is responsible for preserving muscle mass as well as increases uh, fat loss. The rate of fat loss. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when that's through the roof, you're preserving muscle while losing fat. That's it. That's most two people, goals at once. Yeah, yeah, most people think, you know, if you don't eat, you're going to be burning fat or uh, muscle. You know? That's what I was always led to believe as well. Whenever I got really into lifting weights. Not it, true. Not, yeah. Also, let me tell you this. People uh, say you have to eat this amount of protein at this time, 30 minutes after your workout. You have to do it, which is not true. As long as you eat... Um, enough protein at the end of the day uh -huh. you're fine it doesn't have to be 30 minutes after a meal it doesn't have to be you know or uh, 30 minutes after a workout it doesn't uh -huh. it doesn't have to be 20 minutes before the workout tw you know and during it just, just doesn't so what is your if, if you're not eating it like directly after does uh what is your body using to rebuild that muscle tissue hgh yeah, really yeah, i was just about to say so whenever you work out on a fastest state hgh actually I think even more than it would be if you're just fasted. So, um, so say you're in a fasted state, sure, HGH is up, what, times 200%. Uh -huh. But then if you will exercise in a fasted state, your HGH actually goes up even more, which helps oh. preserve muscle mass, burn fat. And then at the end of the day, um, you can go eat your protein and build muscle. And honestly, I don't even think that it's that necessary to eat the protein at the end of the day. Really? Yeah, I mean... Like I said earlier, you don't want to do it for like three days because uh -huh. then it will start dipping into muscle storages. Okay. But um, it's actually better to also fast after a workout because, yes, this is HGH just through the roof. Really? Because if you – there's this guy. You should look into it. Uh, Mark Sisson. Um, he's right big now. on this. Yeah, Mark Sisson. Um, he's, he's a big proponent on not eating after a workout because what he says is he says after a workout – we always indulge in carbs and protein to help uh, build these muscle, but actually what we're doing is we're uh, suppressing our natural hormone development to build that muscle, feeding it with um, these exterior uh, supplements. Oh, and then we become dependent on those. Yes, and it also is probably better that we just allow our natural uh, ability to build the muscle, just leave it be. Okay, okay. Uh, so does uh, HGH kind of play in with uh, protein synthesis at all? Uh... You know, I think, I would say so. I think there is actually some science behind that, yeah. Okay. With protein synthesis and HGH, yeah. So, so if I'm, uh, you, you said earlier if I'm going to eat anything, like even eat one single chip, mm -hmm. it'll take your body out of a state of fasting? So, um, yeah, so like that was kind of more so like if you're trying to get into a, a keto ketosis, a uh -huh. state of ketosis. Um, so ketosis is achieved after about... Four days of no sugar or carbs, all right? So that's uh, primarily burning fat. So whenever you eat that chip that has a ton of carbs, your body is immediately going to go to the glucose, start using that as energy, and then you Is might... it because the chips are carbohydrates? Yeah. So, so well, my, my... Carbs and sugar is the same thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Really? Yeah, carbs gets broken down, same thing. Sugar? Back into glucose. Glucose, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so my, I asked that question so that I would know. Uh, I, I like to take fish oil supplements. Yes. And that is uh, omega-3s. Uh-huh. Would that be bad to take in the middle of a fast? Or would, I, would it be preferred? It wouldn't be bad? I don't think so. Okay. If you just look on the back, it shouldn't have any calories. It's about 10 calories per. That's fine. Okay. No, that's fine. Very good to know. Very yeah, good to know. That's fine. Because that's probably what I would take uh, before or after a workout today. Because I know that help that reduces swelling and inflammation, yeah. which actually uh, speeds up protein synthesis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you want, you could wait to take that fish oil when you break your fast and just allow your natural. So you probably got fed that information from someone who's also big on like eating protein and shit after a meal, blah blah, blah or after a workout. Uh huh. You know, which isn't like a bad thing. You know, I'm fine with that. You can get results doing that, absolutely. But um, and, and maybe they have different goals too. They might yeah. just want to be bulking. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, no, it's it's good to just after a workout, stay in a fasted state. Your body will take care of it. I'm I'm really appreciative that you said that because I've been wanting. I mean, I guess my mind has because I haven't, I haven't done much research on this to kind of see all the benefits mm-hmm. to. Be like, okay, this is something I need to do. Yeah. So now, now this talk, this is going to inspire action. Yeah. But uh, what I was worried about, I guess, I don't know if this was my mind finding an excuse or if this was, or what, really what it was, but I was, uh, I was always a little bit hesitant to try fasting because I'm like, well, what about bulking? Like then, then my workout's just a waste, but no, that's bullshit. No, you're, you're still going to grow. It's just going to, it's going to boost those HGH levels even more. Okay. So what you can do if you really want to like do like some, like some sort of bulking is when you go to break that fast, just have a freaking huge meal. You know, just have a huge meal. Right. Like 3000 calories, you know, that's what that guy does. uh, Kino body. What he does is called lean bulking. So he eats a little bit over maintenance. Right? What does that mean? So maintenance, to so say for you, 3,200 calories is maintenance. So if you want to maintain your weight, you eat 3,200 calories. If you want to lose weight, you eat you know, 2,900. If you want to gain weight, you would eat like 3,500. You know, so that's like how people get fat. They eat over their maintenance calories in a day. Right. You know, so say, you, you know, say for you to maintain your weight, you should eat 3,200 calories a day. Well, if you're eating... 6,000 calories, it's far over maintenance, you're going to gain, right? Okay. But um, what he says is like you should do lean bulking, just just a little bit over your maintenance if you want to um, try to like get bigger. Right, so, right. So like, yes, absolutely, you can do intermittent fasting and eat um, like maintenance meal and gain muscle, absolutely. Yeah, okay. But if you want to like do like what's called a bulk, right, which is huge and like lifting and shit, everybody like wants a bulk. Then you just eat a little over maintenance when you break that fast. Okay, okay. So it's simple enough to so, kind of break down that the, the amount of calories gained versus the amount of calories lost. Yeah, yeah. So burned. so a lot of people will do if they want to do bulking. What they'll do is they'll just eat a shit ton of food, gain an unnecessary amount of fat, and then they'll do what's called uh, a cutting phase, which is then they'll start eating these small meals. Just miserable, which honestly is not uh, maintain. You can't maintain that. You just, really? You can't maintain that. No. Really? Wow. Okay. Because that's that's the dieting it. I've been the most familiar with. Yeah. Is trying those small. That's meals. what they always do. Is they they eat so much they gain a ton of fat, and then what will happen is they'll be like, okay, time to do the cutting phase, and they lack the discipline, and they just stay fat. 
if you look right. around, like I, I can think of many names off the top of my head of people I know who have done that, and you know, you're absolutely right. It's just kind of fat. Ditto over here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were like, okay, I'm gonna do this bulking phase. I'm told I need to be eating. It's the fun part. Three thousand calories, drinking protein, protein, the calories. You know, just eating, 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 and like, okay, time to do the cutting phase, and then. They might lack the discipline to actually do it. And some people do have the discipline. They do see results because they are doing the calories in versus calories out, right? They're eating below maintenance. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. But they're just doing it in these tiny meals. They're eating about six meals a day, but it's just like three pieces of broccoli and like three bites of chicken. And they're doing that like six times a day, which isn't isn't necessary. And, and like you said earlier, it's, it's fucking harder. <laughs> yeah, and you're not going to be able to maintain that. Good luck. Wow. You know, you're not going to be able to do that for a year. Yeah, yeah. It's bullshit. You're not going to be able to do it. It's so much easier to just worry about one meal a day. Yeah. One meal a day. Yeah, so like that's... Especially if you're eating the same meal. It's the same exact amount of calories every single day. Yeah, so... Or maybe, like, maybe a versatility, a little, like three different meals or whatever it is. Yeah, so if you're talking about bulking, so this is his strategy. What he'll do is he'll still do the fast. He'll get all the HGH benefits. He'll get all the mental benefits, all the, you know, uh, personal, like, care uh, benefits, right? Okay. And then he'll go to break his fast, but he won't eat an unnecessary amount. You know, he'll eat just a little over maintenance, and okay. that's what's called a lean bulk. Wow. Yeah. So you're you're still leaning out during the day, right? You're in a fasted state, and then you go to break that fast. You eat just a little over maintenance, right? Which is a way to bulk, but it's a slower process. But there is no uh, bulking slash cutting phase, and it's not miserable. It doesn't suck. You know, it's pretty easy. Wow. So yeah. you're essentially like naming a diet that, that reduces the risk of all these diseases. Correct. Increases longevity. Correct. Increases HGH, mm-hmm. protein synthesis, mm-hmm. fat burning. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's much simpler Stress than eating relief. six times a day. Yes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What are, what's the catch? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know, right? There isn't one. That's it, crazy. It's, it's a little hard at first, but that's it. It's just the discipline in the beginning, mm-hmm. and that's totally fucking worth it. So easy. Yeah, wow. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, man. So. Well, is there anything else you want to cover? Or? Mm. Uh, I don't think so, man. I don't know. Dude, this is this. It, it, like I said earlier, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to talk. I'm just. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna do this because of this conversation. Sure. I'm just gonna do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can, you know, talk, but just. Back it up. Yeah, know? totally, totally. Yeah, back it up. Because right, right now, I, I, I've i been familiar with uh, intermittent fasting since we really talked back in like April. So it's, yeah. it's been well over six months, six, probably, probably eight, eight months-ish, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and I've tried it maybe five, six times. Yeah. And not even not even just the one meal. I've tried the eight hours. So Right. If you want to, you know, stay motivated, if you're having trouble in the state, like, man, I don't, I don't feel the best. Or like, man, I don't know if I should do this. Like... Shoot me a message, and I'll just pay. Here's why you should. You know, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Yeah. Or even listen to this podcast again. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> Listen here, motherfucker. This is why you want to yeah. do this. Hopefully drop some knowledge bombs. <laughs> Maybe, you know, if you want to learn more about it, right, go look up Kino Body on YouTube. So, but yeah, if you really want to get extreme, you should do what's called a dry fast. Dry fast. That is more for, like, uh, not necessarily lose weight, but to challenge yourself. It's to get into like a spiritual like state, Ooh. which is where you don't drink water. Yeah. So right now what we're talking about is like you can drink water, 
Right, right. In the state. No calories. Yeah, and that's why I say you can drink black coffee because okay. there's no calories, right? But uh, yeah, a dry fast I actually did the other day, and you just don't drink water uh, or eat for about 24 hours. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to go over that because when you don't drink water, it gets a little right, sketchy. Right. No, so look into it. But um, it's an ancient practice that has been used for uh, a long time. Uh, old like ancient tribes would do it all the time. Really? You know, to get in touch with the spiritual side. Dry fast. Dry fast. Yeah. Yeah, I really love fasting, man. Just, it's great. It's like uh, it's just one of those things. Like uh, it, I think the best thing, even though it's very similar to working out, it's a part of working out the nutrition aspect. But it's just like like working out and fasting. It just sounds like both of them have so many benefits, mm. and you just be lying to yourself if you're going to kind of deny the facts and not really accept that. You know? Yeah, a lot of people will probably hear this and be like, "Yeah, I don't believe it." Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's plenty of results online. You know, plenty of people, plenty of testimonials. And I've heard a lot of controversy over this. Like yeah. the other sides arguing the right. opposite. Like the six meals a day. There's plenty of scientific research on intermittent fasting. Plenty of, right. of positive scientific research. I mean, you got an eight pack to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, it's a good podcast. Cool. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Yep. Episode number 34 of Jordan's Subjective Perspective. Nice. Hello. Yeah, I enjoyed this a lot, Nate. Thank I, you for coming on. What is it also called? Intrepid? Intrepid? So my YouTube channel is calling in, uh, Intrepid Jordan Fisher. Okay. And I, because I, I kind of thought of like branding yourself uh, like on like a word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the idea from two places. One from Joe Rogan. He calls himself Powerful Joe Rogan. Nice. He kind of owes that that yeah, idea, true. that word in your mind whenever you hear the word powerful. Like you, yeah, like yeah, like if true. you if you were to write down the next few things. So so the idea behind that is I want to anytime anybody hears the word intrepid, mm. since it's uh, I kind of want to monopolize that word because nobody I've never heard it really before. Like whenever I hear intrepid, I like before hearing that I would have thought of nothing. Yeah, and it means uh, fearless and adventurous. And oh, I would nice. say that I'd say that describes me pretty well, yeah, especially with sure. my. Uh, with, with, I'm pretty open-minded. Yeah. And I, I like to take on my curiosity with, like, an intrepid mindset to... For sure. Kind of, like, like I, I think there's there's no waters that shouldn't be tread. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like everything should kind of be open tried mind. or at least at least considered with an open mind. Man, this life, it's like, just, just do some things, you know, get out of your comfort zone, experience new things. So, yeah, I mean, keep keep doing you. I want to see you, you know, continue Same to grow. You. Keep putting out these podcasts. Keep investing in yourself, you know. So, so, so like, once you, once you start kind of doing that, it's like the only way you can live. Yeah. It's it's so liberating, mm-hmm. investing in yourself. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, I think also, like, if you're listening to this, for real, look into Eckhart Tolle and The Power Now. Oh, yeah. Like, uh. I think there's a lot of people out there who are kind of struggling with depression and anxiety, and um, this this guy will really help. He helps me as well, you know. So I don't think there's ever been a book. I mean, granted, I've only read a few books, but there this book has. It's it's never there's never been a book that's made me question things more and just think about like your own habits and kind of applying yeah. them to your life. Yeah. That's another um, big theme I got from that book was not to judge anything and mm-hmm. like to you really can't man like to, to judge is from ignorance yep. and 
Like, it, it's just ignorant to judge. You really can't. Correct. Absolutely, man. Just got to take it as what it is. You know, just accept it. Absolutely. That's what it is. Be in the now. Be present. Be here now. Because when the now is gone, you're going to look back and you're going to think, I didn't even appreciate, you know, where I was. I didn't even embrace my surroundings. I didn't even embrace life you know I was just too too in my head constantly worried about what's not there and then you're regretting what you can't change yeah so that's like just don't have any regrets make sure you are in the moment appreciating you know the present moment you know, don't Getting worry about that don't worry about the past you know I could I could worry about the past all day but it's just it's not there the only thing I like about the past is I, I like to keep it around as a uh, you can learn a lot from like especially if you if you take time to reflect on your life. Yeah, it's good to look at the past and accept it. Don't fight it and don't necessarily identify with it because I think a lot of people look at the past and like, well, you know, two years ago I did that and it didn't work out and that's just the type of person I am and I can't do these things, which is just not true. Right. Um, right. It's, that's a good point. I never really thought about that. Letting the, the, the past define who you are as a person. Yeah, and people might hear this and be like, well, yeah, you know, that's cool to say, but it actually does. Uh-huh. But it doesn't. And Eckhart totally kind of helps you realize that. Because the past, it's not there. All it, The only place the past is, you know, is in your mind. Right. You have these little snippets and memories of it, but that's not who you are. Right. You know, if you think about it, your cells are constantly changing. I think, I don't know the statistic, but they say, like, every, like, other day or some shit, like, you have 2,000 new cells. That, I completely butchered it, but, like, you're literally a new person. After, like, 10 years or something. Yeah, yeah I've heard that as you're well. You're literally a new person, so the only thing that is holding you from that old person is these false memories that actually may have had a purpose, right, to who you are now, but you're just identifying with the past and holding on to those, like, tragic, you know moments so and, and if you do have if you had something unfortunate happen to you in your life I mean I don't, I don't know what what happened and whoever's listening to this life but, but uh, it, whoever whoever's listening to this their life but just the, the best way to overcome that and come out on top like kind of like you did with baseball is to accept it fully and then learn from it because yeah. all it is is a temporary setback and if if it held you back from where you're gonna go you could either dwell on the past and let that shit consume your being and uh kind of influence your actions that you carry on in the future or you can you can just accept it learn from it and move forward absolutely yeah man bottom line well you have any uh send-off notes Mm, invest in yourself invest in yourself that was kind of the uh underlying theme of this podcast invest in yourself um yeah, always look to optimize your being, you know? You only get one life. Yeah. And we're all going to die. Yeah, be in the moment now. Absolutely. Before it's gone. Cool. I, I really appreciate having you on, Nate. Yeah, for sure. It's good. I, I enjoyed this as much as I thought I would. Probably, yeah. probably even more because this, this yeah, ketosis, the, er, it, the fasting, like I, yeah. I learned a lot more than I thought I was going yeah. to. That was a good, good podcast. I definitely want to do it again. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I plan on having you on again. Yeah, if you're, definitely. if assuming you're in town, yeah. Which if if you're not in town, then I, I wish the best for you. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you. Just keep keep hustling. Hey, keep same putting to you. in the work. Keep investing in yourself. It'll pay off. Absolutely, I believe it. So cool. Well, uh, that was that sums it up. Oh shit, dude, we made it to two hours. We're two hours two minutes right now. For real? Yeah. Dang. That's but uh, bye. Yeah, really. 
Jeez. Really? I didn't realize it was two hours either. I thought I thought we were like an hour and a half. That's crazy. If yeah, if you made it all the way to two hours of this podcast, I couldn't yeah. tell you more. Like I appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate sure. it. And I, I hope you learned as much as I did and enjoyed it as much as I did. Yep, same here. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye.